Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Even a, and a break uh, from a lot of things. And we got D-Dad Muska from across the city. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Podcasting, Citrus, SoundCloud, and Spotify, all on our own platforms. And uh, I think Dowd is seeing more more and more why the reason why I opted uh, for that. Banned on YouTube, banned on Facebook, banned on Twitter, uh, banned by people that we hire, apparently. I mean, it's just, it's un, un, unbelievable. Just, uh, the amount of hate and just uh, like, uh, you know, Dowd, we, him and I have two totally different political philosophies about things. Uh, you can align us in a lot of different ways on different issues and policies. Um, you know, for example, him and I disagree on uh, sort of immigration and sort of free trade and nationalism and uh, economic stuff. But by and large, you know, I think our you know common sense approach from two different angles, uh, never fully in agreement. Dowd consistently always checking on me adds a good, healthy balance uh, to this. Remember, all of our information is backed up. And, you know, I think for the, as long as I've been on the air, people are like, well, how does Eddie know this? How did, how did he get that right? Uh, and then now Dowd, Dowd goes and he checks that. He goes and he does it all the way through the show. And it's become something that is really good about the show. Can you imagine literally having a fact checker as your talker is on the air? Maybe that might be the first time in history of talk radio. I don't know where else that has uh, been done today. By the way, I'd like to dedicate today's show to my mom. Uh, she continues to uh, try and uh, recover. Uh, uh, she's just having a, a tough go of it. Uh, and I haven't mentioned uh, much about it. And I've been pretty busy just, you know, thinking about that and doing things and helping, you know, wherever I can. And, and, and it's hard when people uh, get old, but I digress. So I just want to say, you know, hi, mom, you know, hope you're doing well. And I'll see you after the show. Uh, this evening. Yesterday was a terrific show on a number of fronts. And uh, when the power of radio, uh, regardless of how many times they've taken out my translator, all the rest of these things, you still have that power and it's very exciting. And you get to tell the story um, in this particular case of a gay priest uh, who was married and uh, you expose all of that. I cannot tell you again, once again, the Kiva comes through text after text of people thanking me and saying that they were going to do something about the man who was holding uh, the uh, pastor um, position over at the Immaculate Conception. And that would be uh, Steve Rosera. So uh, there are a lot of people uh, who are now activated in the church that are going to do something about that. I got to say that that is uh, pretty, pretty good. Let's see. What do we have? We have a couple of kids outside. What do we got going on out there? Uh, it must be for the other uh, radio station uh, next door. So there you go. But um, that is a very exciting uh, thing when people want to do something based upon what they've heard on the radio of something that they had not heard before. That's the only way to move things. And we're going to let everything out. We're going back down the Epstein Road. We're going back down Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, Brett Coconitis, uh, good job, man. I know that you're working hard on on exposing, you know, what's happening uh, out there with Michelle Lujan Grisham. I doubt uh, keeping the heads up on that. So we've got a lot of good things that uh, we've got to try and fight. And the polls don't look that promising. And I'm not that surprised. 
uh, I should say. Um, based upon where we're at, uh, the attorney general's race uh, doesn't look good, but we're going to push all the way through. Hard to believe a district attorney such as Roel Torres, someone who's sponsored by George Soros, someone who literally had no opposition because the Republican Party didn't put up opposition uh, formally, actually on the ballot. Uh, Raul Torres walked into the district attorney's race after, you know, Kerry Brandenburg's uh, two plus decades of just tearing the city apart. Raul Torres amp amps it up. And it seems like the people in the city of Albuquerque just don't seem to care anymore. Like you're either drunk or high. At this point, you don't care. You care about what feels good. And you, your moral justification comes by uh, sort of this coddling of enablers in the New York Times media, in the Washington Post media, or CNN, MSNBC, all the crap media that's out there. There's no principles. There's no values. They're just hate, 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 hate. They can't stop it. And it's a constant projection. They manufacture problems, such as a, a great uh, job by, this morning by Glenn Beck. They manufacture problems like, oh, there's going to be a union crisis. They're about to show. It was never going to be one. They create, oh, thank God Joe Biden came in. And I listened to NPR all day long. Oh, my gosh. You know, Joe Biden's on the union side. He's really helping labor out there. Good job. Good job. Like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, like they... They come out of COVID and what are they protesting? That they work too hard during COVID? That they, no, there was never anything there. And uh, thank God for me, I have the, uh, remember the calendar that I have, the very politically correct calendar that I have? Well, guess where I get that uh, every single year? UP. Yeah, one of my buddies is legal over at Union Pacific. And I get that every time. I said, hey, can you do something? And his his parents listen to the show every day, went to school with him. He's a, a big uh, big lawyer up in Omaha. Uh, out there for UP doing all that stuff. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, that was, that, that was, that was never going to be anything. There was never going to be a shutdown. Don't worry about it. This is what they do. This is all drama. All the world's a stage. They set it out there. And wouldn't you know Joe Biden comes or the Democrats come in to say that they invent problems and then they create the only thing that can be a solution to it, which is whatever they have. There is going to be no justice in this election. Okay, and I think I don't want you to get caught up on any sort of false promises or hope like this is the red wave. What what was I saying, Dad? I seem to remember. Didn't I say something about, oh, yeah, all the conservative talk show hosts were coming out and say, hey, this is going to be a red wave. Oh, red wave. Oh, they're going down. We might take 30, 40 landslide victory like all summer long. I'm like, uh, uh, hello. How long have you been doing talk radio? This is not going to be a red wave. Um, this is going to be nothing like what you say it is. Um, <laughs> we'll be lucky to get the, the, the House and the Senate. It looks as if we will get at least uh, the House, but I would not guarantee the Senate. I would, I, 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 my prediction is 52-48 for the Senate based upon each of uh, those races. And congratulations, I think uh, New Hampshire will, will go the Republicans' way uh, in, up in New Hampshire. So I think that that looks good. But, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, Time between now and November the 8th. Now, Dowd, I just have to sort of clear the air because I've been threatened with uh, being outed uh, on all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, nobody knows how to handle these types of conflicts better than I do. I just don't care. I'm withdrawn. I don't have time for these types of dramas. I'm the wrong guy to attack. Uh, anybody who knows that, anybody should, uh, should understand uh, that I am not interested in any of those types of things. I don't engage people. I don't engage conflict. I tell you the way it is. And if you don't believe me, then we'll get the people 
you know, around you to understand. And then later on, we're like, okay, yeah, he's a good, well, what's, what are you talking about? Well, just today, I, I got this story invented and thrust upon me. And as I said, I've been very busy with my mom and all the various other things that are out there. And you know, I signed up because I wanted to sort of get some things taken care of for the station. Long, th- long story short, since I've been so slammed, so busy and haven't been able to get back to everything and I have a priority list running the stations and doing traffic and all these types of things. And because I didn't get back to somebody, I'm getting uh, threatened all of a sudden with being out about the type of person that I am. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. This is strange behavior. I don't know what this is. But I'm not going to handle, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm just going to like, okay, let, let, this will be, have to be handled some other way. Um, folks, we live in a very polarizing political climate, okay? If you, see me, if you see me as a polarizing figure, please don't. I am the one, I am the canary in the coal mine. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you what's going to happen. As I started yesterday's show, I said one thing and one thing only. The truth gets you nothing. It gets you hated. It gets you disliked. It gets you uh, being told to someone as a naysayer. It tells you all these things. We're truthful. We tell uh, the truth on the air every single day, and it doesn't help us very much. When we return, let's talk about the new polls that have come out and where we're at. approach to this and you know uh, joe sort of aggregated all of these you know things then there were three governor poll confirms mlg lead it's been a little, a little while now since i've covered joe monahan and his little blog his little his little very small corner of the universe that's talking to all of 100 people right is that, that that's the way to phrase that? <laughs> uh his there you are uh, Eddie, would this be his poll, or is he just writing about other things like he always does instead of doing any kind of original work? Yeah, there's no original work here. Okay, the, okay. The, the only original work he does is the work that he does. Gossip on, column. This yeah, the, well, it is a very much a gossip column. You know, he's page six. You know, it, we probably should refer to Joe Monahan as page six. I like that. Point. I like that. Yeah. Um, third public poll he writes in the 22 governor race followed fast on the heels of the second and confirmed MLG's lead. So, you know, the write the narrative, you know, it's, it's, it's suppression. About two weeks ago, he wrote about the very thing that I talked about, which is, you know, you can't motivate people who don't feel like they're not up against things. Um, what's happened within the Republican Party is it's so divided, you know, even against itself uh, at this point, that they won't be able to sort of marshal all the forces to get behind Mark Ronchetti. So if Mark, Mark Ronchetti wins, it will indeed be his own it will be because Jay McCluskey and Mark Ronchetti and, no, and nothing else. Okay. Uh, I mean, other than some of the, my, my small push in so, in so much as I can possibly help. I mean, you're not going to hear Mark on this air. You just aren't, you heard about it in the primary, but you're not going to hear him on this air. So now we see 
they don't want to align with things maybe to the right or whatever. I, I don't question that. I don't question the wisdom. They've won the gubernatorial race before. I just don't question. It's not for me to question. So he's written on the three polls that are out there. Uh, he writes, taken together for the surveys, Peg MLG is the favorite with the door still left ajar a bit for Republican Mark Ronchetti. Okay. The Emerson College survey for KRQE TV conducted September 8th. A thousand somewhat likely or very likely voters says MLG is in the lead 48-43. Now here's the key right here. Okay. <clears throat> 3% choosing others. Margin of error and 3% choosing others. That's Karen Bedoni. There is no others. It's just her soaking up all this and the haters of the Republican Party. Or may, should we say haters of the Republican Party? Are you now lovers of Michelle Lujan Grisham? Is that, is that fair to say in this particular election? I think that's fair. Okay. Any, any other vote for anybody other than Mark Ronchetti is a vote for MLG. And just 5% undecided. The poll's margin of error is plus or minus 3%. What's really key here is you don't have a double-digit undecided. There's no swings. I mean, everyone is locked. And I have already told you we are a stupid enough poli uh, uh, policy here, a stupid enough state at this point to put our head down after four years of this crap. I mean, look at this, Cynthia Borrego. Justice Brianism, or like these, every one of these people is just, in my opinion, just the Mexico Supreme Court Democrat, Democrat, Justice Julie Vargas, keep uh, Julie Vargas, Democrat, Dem Siempre Adelante, Catherine Ray, New Mexico Court of Appeals, Democrat, 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 Gerald Baca, Democrat. The state sucks because of the Democrat Party. They've been in control for 90 years, and it doesn't look like much is going to change, but we'll, we'll read the three polls. Poll follows Tuesday's release of KOB TV's, KOB TV's survey USA conducted the 8th through the 12th. They gave the governor a substantial 12-point lead, 48-36. We went back to the mayoral stuff, you know, who was good, who was not good. <laughs> Maybe we should kind of see which ones we should uh, go with here. I think Sanderhoff was probably the, the closest one. Then you have the Albuquerque Journal survey in the field that's 19th through the 25th, put her ahead 47 to Ronchetti 40. So he took a three, and I don't know that that's the right way to look at that. You know, I think you should weight it according to the sample size. So depending upon the sample size, and it, it, this is super easy to do. Um, I'm not going to do this on the fly, though. Uh, Emerson, the Survey USA, and the, and the Journal poll, you should take the total numbers and weight those according to those numbers. So in the case of the 47 to 40, weight that against what was their sample size? I believe the sample size there was, correct me if I'm wrong, Dowd, 536. Uh, wow. I think the uh, sample size for the Emerson was 1,000, right? KOB Survey USA uh, doesn't have any sample size, but let's see if we can pick that up. And they should be weighted according to that. And that would probably, it says 11% undecided in this particular one. Let's see, do we have any numbers? No, no numbers here in terms of the sample size. Okay, here we go. Nine, 840. So there you go. You take the 840 plus the 536 plus 1,000. So 2,300 people have been sampled. That's the way that this should be cut up. And that would be a more accurate way to weight it instead of what I think what Joe Monahan did is 47.66% to Ron Kennedy's 39.66. So you have to understand these polls act as suppression. It's more like, oh, they're throwing the towel. Well, it's not positive. In my opinion, this should act like a motivation. When I was when I was running, I didn't really pay attention to the polls because I was so late in. I got in 13 days. 
but we knew we were at 13 or whatever when that first poll came out. I'm like, oh, they're just throwing away your vote. Like Everyone was telling me that, right? But I looked at it like, we just got in. I've been dealing with uh, some sort of uh, weird legal matter about my domicile. Um, and instead of, you know, uh, lauding me for my brilliance about the way that I've conducted myself during the last two, two and a half years during shutdown, being always present, available on the air and not calling in like the rest of the news media was. Remember, you had these ridiculous people doing newscasts from their homes, from their living room. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. You remember the, the radio host? Well, I'm podcasting from home. Like, that studio's <laughs> going to kill me. My boy, I'm sending in my, and like, oh, we have to do it. We're all in this together, COVID. Like, the whole thing was just crap, right? And we've, we've proved that now. All right, so this should act like a motivator. The problem is, is it won't. And here's the other thing is the victors get to write the story every single time. And I'm looking at what I think should be an absolute shoe in one of the best candidates out there, Nicole Chavez. And according to uh, the money, this doesn't look good. Again, it doesn't look good for Bob Gottschall. Uh, Elisa Martinez would have been 10 times. I mean, and besides Gottschall's run how many times for that uh, same seat, you know? Yeah, these are so so you're you're already starting to see it's the same. How is it that they come out of COVID and all the mistakes and all of the corruption and the drunk driving and like you name the things that they've done during these last four years? How is it that they have such an incredible amount of dominance, not just in polling, but no almost no name? This poll is no different than 2020 if you were to go back to 2020 and by the way we're running the same candidates in 2020 across the board it's ron ketty last time it was for senate this time it's for governor it's michelle garcia holmes said that's a waste of time uh you know and district two i hope yvette harrell can keep her seat and then district three you have the same person uh whatever her name is up there i don't even pay attention okay and it's going to be the same results unless you decide to do something different and not much is going to be done different because it's 24 days from early voting. So Alexis just, Martinez. It just came to me. Oh, there it is. Whatever. So, so memorable, Eddie. It took me 35 seconds to, to access it in the brain. Yeah, and, and she got into a fracas with, uh, with uh, uh, or I should say, Karen Bedoni got into a fracas with Alexis Martinez Johnson. They're about to go to blows. In my and, and also, she had run unsuccessfully for mayor of Santa Fe. Yeah. Uh, and so she's a two-time loser and endorsed uh, film and television production in New Mexico, one of the biggest uh, pro-democratic party unions uh, in, our, in, in our state. So so I think at this point, I think at this point, I think everybody just wants, it, other than Mark Ronchetti, wants the Democrats to win. I don't know that there's any way to say it. Like, throw your hands up. Nothing's going to change. And I, I think it's better for, that you understand that but I said, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. If the Democrats take the House and the Senate, okay, we're going to have more shutdowns. It's just going to happen because they got to have a way to explain away the economy at that point. And they're going to reorient, you know, all the economic lingo. They've invented new lexicon. Look, they've invented new genders, new, new, new pronouns, new this, new that, because they just can't deal with reality. There's only so many ways of dealing with reality. It's sort of like visiting a counselor or like psychiatrist or something, and they start giving you new lexicon to deal with. Well, let's approach it this way. And it's like, oh, you know, you, it's important that you feel better. And like, that's what we've done as a society. Avoidance has just been couched as it sounds better, but it's not. You're just doing the same thing, uh, and you're paying somebody else to tell you so that you feel better. 
like the reality will hit at some point. And this country, particularly this state, really needs its comeuppance. And the only reason why the state has been able to uh, practice its avoidance is because we've had a uh, fuel injected $26 billion that's come from the federal government. That's the only reason why Michelle Lujan Grisham is going to get reelected is because she's made enough deals. And, you know, let's put it this way. Donald Trump, once he passed that whole $6 trillion bailout and all that, well, where do you think all that money went to? It went to local and state governments at, at that time. So they handed out that money. So we are removed from the causal uh, uh, causal effect uh, impact of what should have happened. The, the shutdown should have uh, caused complete and total utter economic destruction. Now, for certain people, it did, right? I mean, we know the restaurants that shut down and other small businesses, people who didn't participate in the PPP program or people who said, well, you know, I don't want any of your government money. I want to run my own business. And then, you know, they were forced to shut down. And if they didn't force to shut down, they had a gun to their head and penalties to come. So, so they, they, they got directly impacted. Guess who didn't? Everybody who got jabbed and vaxxed and all got to carry their story and got to go get on with the new woke politics. No, no, they got to go ahead and play in their little fantasy land. And then they get to create the new reality going forward. And you better want to participate in it, right? Well, I'll hold out. I don't need to participate in that. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Um, the polls are not the election, but they should motivate you from this point going forward. Those are the only three polls that you're going to get right up until you get the final poll, I believe, which is going to be the week before the final election when we show up at the polls. Back in three. Thanks for listening. Here the Kiva. a number of different uh, topics. Uh, we always look at these types of things. We looked at uh, what polls last week. I don't know if we ever addressed the uh, white power matters uh, section of what uh, we want to do, but uh, let's let's jump into that, Dad. I'm interested to see what... Uh, you like that You like that uh, That headline? Yeah, that's it. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a showstopper for sure, right? Wow. Well, that's what they think, right? Isn't that the whole, you know, what that's, they, they've been able to surmise after all this and the woke politics. Like, I'm not like the last person that, that cares about race, but the moment you identify yourself as, as race, I only will focus on that. Like, if you, if your whole thing is to like call yourself, well, I'm, uh, you know, so and so, this, you know, like, well, let's just focus. I, I mean, when I, you know, trolled the mayoral election saying that it'd be the first black mayor after being 4.6%. I mean, that, that just worked absolutely brilliantly. And they had no idea how the woke media looked during that type of thing. But, you know, um, again, race is important uh, to them. Abortion is really important uh, to them. I, I mean, what are their go-tos? What are their hot button items coming out of COVID? They don't care about money because they know that they can just print it at any point. Um, you know, it's never about, uh, oh, they love talking. If you listen to NPR all day, oh, and you should just hear uh, Michael Brasher's uh, guys, and they're just crying for money. Every, oh, publicly supported, and oh, yes, you know, yes, yes. Uh, they just can't stop asking for money. We just, this, this programming isn't available without your generous monthly contribution. Uh, $15, $30, $60 will get you. And we really appreciate this under, Mike, 
you're begging for money 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all over. This is our pledge week. And, you know, it's not possible. And let us remind you, you're listening to KANW. We'd like to remind you. And uh, don't forget, yeah, remember, you listen to KANW. I'm like, well, no wonder, like, when do you see a public radio station subscribing to the uh, Nielsen Arbitron ratings book? <laughs> I'm glad they do. But they're using your public money literally to buy the ratings when they're depending upon your pledges to keep them going. That means it's it's a public service, this you know, generous, uh, very accurate information. And, you know, we're because of your contributions, we're able to bring you this excellent report. I'm like, spare me. And <laughs> What are you talking about? You're buying the ratings and you're asking your people who subscribe to it to underwrite and support your public radio, yet it's already funded to the hilt, right? You got $192,000 lobbyists who's now lobbying on behalf of everything at the university, which includes the public radio stations. You should should know. Did you know that? He said, well, you know, we got to get some more, you know, blah. And and the woman, uh, she was talking in this, like, small, even, you know, kind of voice like that, very annoying. And, oh, I forgot to hit the button. And um, it's really important that we maintain, uh, we still use CD players. And because we use the CD players, those need to be taken care of. And uh, those require your our resources, which is made possible by your contribution. I mean, lady, do you know how much a CD player costs? Like 40 bucks. Plug it into your board. You're all set to go. <laughs> Last time I checked on CD players, I'm like, well, what type of CDs are you playing? Like, why are you playing CD players at this particular point? It's just, it just makes me all sorts of crazy. But they were focused for the entirety of, and I was sitting there listening, and I'm, I'm yelling at the, with this guy at the laundromat, and I have a tendency to talk very, very loudly at the laundromat. And I went to go wash like three weeks of clothes because I haven't had, had, had a chance to wash. So I go over there and I'm talking, you know, really loudly um with this guy and i people are just kind of looking at me you know because i wear my sunglasses the whole time while i'm inside too because they are connected directly to my phone and they don't know if i'm talking to myself or who i'm talking to you know <laughs> he says are you i said no i'm i'm totally schizophrenic um and uh i'm just talking to myself the whole entire time here and he was just laughing so we hit it off and i said i want you to listen to this radio and so i had it on uh, knw or KUNM, one of those right Right before they're playing Floreros Flores, right right before they start to kick it up into, hey, some culture. We're going to put some culture out there right after we give you all the NPR. And so um, as I'm listening to it, it droned on and on about the Supreme Court gerrymandering in Alabama with the way that Republicans were winning in minority majority communities. That's all the whole thing was about on how we were cheating them out of the elections, and that they they need this is unfair. They sent it to the Supreme Court, and this is unconstitutional. And they're looking at and they won't shut up about it because Trump and the Republicans for the last two cycles have absolutely dominated the South, and because of that, what their 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 entire focus is to focus on Alabama. What happened this last year in Mississippi? Dowd and I covered that extensively. I mean, they're doing some amazing things, down, and they, they just know they're about to lose it. And what do we know about the Democrats? Okay. <laughs> totally, total slave masters from the South who were able to flip the script, and now that script is now being understood 
And we're getting a lot of power down there. And we're consolidating that power for the rest of the country. I mean, Alabama's red, red now. And I'm like, well, you know, these people are being marginalized. You know, these racist policies. And it just kept on and on. And it sounded really official. And I'm like, can we just move away from the whole racial politics? Can we move? What exactly is racial other than the fact that the Democrats have decided to make something about race? Everything is about race. Everything is about gender. Everything is about abortion. Things that you cannot change that they have trivialized for themselves. Because who's going to trivialize whether someone's a man or a woman? Like The way you trivialize it, well, like Cheyenne, moving over from a, a man or moving from becoming a man to a woman who's now an ex. When you're trivializing your own sexuality, and I basically was able to pick that apart yesterday, the total psychosis, not to mention the pathology that's involved in all that, you're like, what is this? Who are these mutants? And really, for, look up the word mutant, look up what it is, and you will find it right there when they're changing, morphing into something else. Folks, you can't have a society that you can depend upon if you can't get the very first principle, which is you get shot out of a womb and you're like, oh, it's a boy. Oh, it's a girl. You can't do that. You should not ever say that. So there's got to be a hospital somewhere that's about to get sued because they decided to go ahead and slap a, a male or a female on it at some point. Like, that's how ridiculous we've got. And that's what Democrats are really good at doing. And the only way that you could convince people that this is not a flower while I'm holding a flower is by philosophizing after you get these people high on pot and drunk as you know what on alcohol. They'll be willing to rationalize anything and try to explain it away. And it makes no sense to me how we are accepting of that. And when I challenge that, that doesn't make me a racist. That doesn't make me somebody who is, well, he's not very understanding. He's not very compassionate. I don't care. I wouldn't trust anyone as being transgender until I see their kibbles and bits. It's, it's, that's, it's that simple for me, folks. Yep, that's a man. Yep, that's a woman. I think we can all get to the point. This communal gender dysphoria that, that now exists in society was manufactured by the Democrat Party as a perversion of the truth. And this is how you know evil exists within their party. And it's not going to stop. They're going to keep mutating it, folks. It's not going to change. So we need to move away from the race and the gender and, you know, the abortion stuff. We, anything that you can't control and has nothing to do with you behind your bedroom doors, I'm not interested in. But somehow it is at the forefront. I, I got to tell you, every single time I have to talk about these things during an election, Dowd wants to check out because he is wholly uninterested in this stuff. Why? Because you can't compute it. It's not data. It's not fact-driven. We got nothing. It's all opinions and it's all about how you feel. And it should not matter. You cannot argue any of these points. One of the great things about Dowd's condition is the fact that he doesn't have to care about these things. It's a good thing for him tangible, real-world, practical things that people can say, yes, this is this, and this is that. Where do you stand on this? It should be a clear, concise answer. Here's what I represent and may the best candidate win. We're going to talk about uh, race. We'll uh, launch into the second segment uh, about this. But uh, Dowd uh, launched into uh, White Power Matters, Dowd. Uh, what's, what's the latest uh, with the race baiters out there? Yeah, this said he was from, uh, I believe, last week, and uh, it just, uh, it just, we're 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 really floating at, at the as a civilization collapses. You know, you you're 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 going from 
letting things slide, to letting things get dangerous, to letting things get violent, to letting things get downright uh, silly. And uh, I'm just looking at a couple of stories. I got I got to get to this Hunter Biden story. He's trying to pay less in child support for the child oh, yeah. he never, he right. never knew in, in, in Arkansas. Never um, and, and, and this wasn't on our list, but this just, just went up today. Um, remember that we it was a day or two ago in Boston, the bombing in Boston, it, I think it was at Northeast University. Apparently the cops are looking into it now uh, they're calling this device that went off a pressurized hoax device. The man who claimed to have found it is potentially uh, cr- his credibility is uh, 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 not not very strong. He had no injuries on his hands. Investigators, uh, they're believed to be sent through the Postal Service. There were no explosive materials or gunpowder found in and around the case, leaving investigators to suspect that it might have been a quote pressurized hoax device close quote. Uh, we're getting sillier and sillier. Uh, today, the CEO of Twilio, uh, it is a software engagement company, says they're going to lay off 11% of their uh, of their employees. But um, as an anti-racist, anti-oppression company, they're going to make sure that the, race, the layoffs are anti-racist layoffs. <laughs> yes. um, oh, I love it. Anti- yeah. anti oh, how are they going to do that? Yeah, they're going to create their own liability. We're going to do that when we return. We're going to pick it up there. Looks like we've got a, a few segments to get ahead of ourselves here. And uh, there's Hunter Biden, wouldn't you know it, trying to get out of paying for something because he can't afford unless the money is coming from Burisma or some of his Chinese deals. Back here in three in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for listening. text out you're gonna love this wait look at my uh, i gotta i i'm gonna have to unsubscribe to this etsy stuff show your love for latin x sellers latinx there's no latinos that refer to themselves as latinx <laughs> a couple of years ago millions of americans woke up and learned the fact that they had become latinx they had never even heard the term before <laughs> Latinx. Um, this this is uh, we're getting the text of the year two days in a row. Um, a trans male student at Volcano Vista High School got beat up by a girl in the girls' restroom today. <laughs> what what do you think? What do you think I said? I'm gonna let you guess, Doug. A, a, a trans male girl? What? Yeah, you can't see you can, if you if you can't see if I have to say it again. That already tells you. No, it's a trans male. So trans male. Yeah. So a, a boy, trans male, cross dressing, going into a girl's bathroom. I don't know if okay. he's trying to make the transition, uh, like officially, by guidance of a medical hand uh, okay. or whatever. But a trans male student at Volcano Vista High School got beat up by a girl. Okay. In the girls' restroom today. So a boy who is wanting to be a girl went into the girls' restroom. Okay. I got beat up in the Volcano Vista High School. I, my, my reaction was immediate, and I said, yes. Good. Men shouldn't be in girls' bathrooms. <laughs> Simple as that. 
seemed to work for a long, long time. Uh, I don't know why we had to change this. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad that girls are defending themselves and saying, you know what? I don't want you in my pool. I don't want you in my uh, sports. I don't want you wearing my dresses. I don't Locker want any room, of that yeah. stuff. You're going to show yeah. up into my restroom. You're going to get your ass kicked. Simple as that. Okay? Good for you, ladies. In the third grade, you were a boy. In the fifth grade, you were a boy. We're now in the eighth grade. We're past puberty, and you're going to come in here and try to be a girl? Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Right? Right there. That's simple. I just wonder how much role the parents of that particular young pupil uh, had to do with the uh, desire to uh, transition. It, it always seems to be influenced to some degree, at least, by the, the parents. Uh, well, we know their parents something. are either smoking dope or drunk all the time or totally absent. So I, we gave you the pathology yesterday. I mean, it's That's it's, the ultimate virtue signaling. It's not putting a sticker on your car. It's just look at my child. They've yeah, transitioned. That means is. I'm a good person. Yeah, it. There it is. It doesn't. It, like, literally, it used to be something. Da -da 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 it used to be something, a character in the Adams family. Now it might be whatever you biologically was emitted from whatever you and your wife, if she or he didn't make the transition along with, I mean, this is all weird. <laughs> you can't talk about this stuff. Like, how do you talk about it? You know, other than to literally point fingers and say, um, that is weird and you should probably stop it. Okay. And this is going to end badly for all of you. Um, okay. Dowd. Laid on us with uh, with with more of this race stuff. Oh yeah, the uh, just to follow up on the the layoffs. I guess we're going to have racially sensitive layoffs. Uh, this like was an announcement yeah, yeah. Uh, today. Uh, let me let me get the language right because I don't want to get the uh, quote. This is the CEO quote. As you all know, we are committed to becoming an anti-racist, anti-oppression company. Well, frankly, I think it's oppressive if I want to be a customer of yours and you make me pay my bill. That's I feel oppressed just by that. Uh, layoffs like this can have a more pronounced impact on marginalized communities. So we are particularly focused on ensuring our layoffs, while a business necessity today, were carried out through an anti-racist, anti-oppression lens. Hmm. That's uh, Twilio. Um, Lin, uh, that, Lin. That, that's just today. today's nonsense. Uh, this, the, the meeting that I uh, uh, sent the article on, Eddie, this was, uh, they called them civil rights leaders in the media. You, you, okay. you know right away once you see civil rights leaders that you're, you're dealing with a journalist who's not a journalist. Basically, they're talking about race, racial ambulance chasers. Uh, I, I they definitely, met, white, definitely white people. Uh, there's no uh, well, actually, people. no, in this case, it was the NAACP with, with, Al, uh, with, with uh, Sharpton. Um, okay. They met, uh, and, and then, yeah, the NAACP with Sharpton, white, they met with the president earlier this month and said, white Ooh. supremacy activity is a danger to our democracy. Mm -hmm. So we stand here as civil rights leaders. Uh, we're aligned with this administration to protect democracy. Good, good mm. to see a, a venerated organization like the NAACP uh, stepping into that. Um, yep. And then uh, Sharpton said, <laughs> this, is, this quote should be on Sharpton's grave. Uh, I guess they discussed uh, criminal justice reform with the president before he fell asleep. Uh, and then uh, Sharpton emerged after the meeting and said, quote, we discussed that more may be necessary, close quote. Uh, oh. Whatever it is, Al Sharpton wants more, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right, so, Never enough. Like, Never enough doubt. So they're ginning up the white supremacy stuff as we enter right. the final two months of the election. This story from the, the, the Hill, uh, unbelievable. Representative G.K. Butterfield, okay, who, in spite of his light coloring, according to Politico, is in fact an African-American, 
Uh, I'm often asked about my white complexion, he said. I am indeed an African-American. My great-grandmother was a slave. Okay, he's from he's from North Carolina. Representative uh, G.K. Butterfield. So, so this is uh, this is this is hilarious. He attends the Congressional Black Caucus functions, of course, despite his light skin. Uh, sometimes that causes confusion. Uh, a reporter attending the Congressional Black Caucus event, uh, this was years ago, asked, "Who is the white guy with the CBC?" Uh, he turned to uh, an aide of Mr. Butterfield, and uh, the aide said, "Quote." Wait until he opens his mouth. Uh, apparently, uh, you're you're black by the tone of your voice or your oh, mannerisms uh, or, or or whatever. Point six black. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Mr. Butterfield has taken off his congressional oh. license plate because of all of the threats. Uh, threats are over the top uh, mm. against him and other members of Congress. Uh, Jamie Raskin from Maryland, folks might know that name. Uh, he's oh, one, he's the lo- worst. The loathsome. worst. He just looks like a worm oh. and acts like a worm. So here's the Hill trying again to gin up uh, maybe future uh, insurrection events. Oh. They don't talk until the very end of the article, uh, Eddie. It's just kind of surprising about the attack on Lee Zeldin, who was a Republican. They, they mentioned oh. that maybe 11th or 12th paragraph down. Yeah, uh, and then they talk about Ske- Steve Scalise. So again, they try to make it about Trump. And and uh, even even the Hill had to admit that uh, if the level of threat to Congress people is up, uh, people are being attacked on, on both sides. Sorry. Um, a name you know, Eddie, and a name I know, Jared uh, G- Taylor. By the way, G.K. Butterfield, a man so black, you have to ask him whether or not he's black. Yeah, we have to ask for the sound of his voice. Apparently, that's what that's what uh, that's what. Uh... All right, so Arizona State, the student Republican group uh, hosting the noted white supremacist Jared Taylor and Eddie. I think Jared Taylor is the American Renaissance guy uh, who is uh, a, oh, yeah, yeah, himself yeah. a white advocate. Um, and you know, I, I don't. That's not my territory. My people are freedom-oriented people. I don't care if you're white or not. But Jared Taylor is sort of a he's kind of a white separatist in the way that the more radical black separatists don't want the races to associate. And so Jared Taylor says, you know, diversity is not a good thing. Societies, the research shows societies that are more diverse tend to have less trust and more crime. Jared Taylor has a right to say what he's saying, whether you agree with it or not. And of course, at Arizona state, they are completely freaking out. If Al Sharpton had come to Arizona state, uh, the little students of course uh, would have absolutely no problem with that. So it's election time and they're ginning up the white supremacy stuff uh, to terrify uh, people and to, you know, say that Trump supporters are, are going to lead to more, more and more violence. Uh, Eddie, uh, in light of uh, the weird news out of Boston, in light of the uh, Utah fake hate crime, uh, it just seems to me they're trying to push this narrative, but things keep falling apart for them. Yeah, well, or you can just uh, live in a place like where people just murder each other for no reason, uh, like Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's so, true. Yeah. Uh, the violence is uh, hitting the streets one way or the other. But uh, for election time, it's always race. Now we've got gender. Now it's become always gender. It's not about the crime rate. It's not about educational attainment. It's not about, you know, the things that really seem to be moving us forward, our ability to go ahead and, you know, distribute more of our locally produced goods throughout the rest of the world uh, to create an economically advantageous situation, export more oil, uh, export, yeah, we could have done that, uh, nor more natural gas. I mean, we, these are all things that we had right, but we decided at some point that they were all wrong because, well, those were all the things that were carried by that white supremacist, uh, Donald Trump, right? Uh, that's the whole thing. I hope she uh, kicked his ass, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell your little, your daughter? I mean, honestly, your daughter is in, in, in 
a boy shows up in her bathroom. Like now your daughter is going to be vilified because she kicked right. the crap out of a transgender person. Yeah. I mean, I hope yeah. we, hopefully we have something here. I, it, is that her fault? No, it's like, it's, it's freaky to her. She's normal. He's not, or she's not, or whatever it is, you know, and it just doesn't like, it should die there. It should, but it won't. Uh, let's see how many homicides Albuquerque we have to after last night, three homicides. Well, Kick it off, uh, I guess, uh, hour two. Do you guys really want to get into three homicides happening within a period of about four and a half hours in the near northeast heights uh, last night? Just a terrible uh, area. Um, bad things happening. But it definitely uh, looks like the action, if you will, uh, seems to be generated uh, within the gangs and within the people who are competing. I was an older man, a 60-plus-year-old man who died. Um, Let's see. I've got the latest uh, stats, so we'll get on that. Um, Ron Ketty, a new TV ad, calls for statewide vote on abortion. You just got on that if you have the Albuquerque Journal thing. Voter suppression is a myth from the Jim Crow era, and now it's a myth it was a real back then. NPR is helping Sovietize our country. Today I bumped into a woman who volunteers at the polls. She told me only to vote on election day because if you do, there's a minimal chance of cheating as it did during the last major election. They literally cheated on election day, so I, I don't know. We've got some things that we're doing. That's about all I can say right now. Uh, what does the libertarian candidate think she will get from the race besides splitting the vote and probably causing the Republican candidate to lose? Uh, that's Judy and Rio Rancho. That's exactly what she's doing. She's got an axe to grind with Republicans because we didn't pick her. Um, she is a... Well, let's leave it there. Uh, election integrity scorecard. I'm not even going to say her name again. Best wishes to your mother. May she get well soon. I've had my 80-year-old mother live with me for four of the last five years. It's tough getting old. It is our tune just for you here in the ABQ. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Get you from the ABQ here this afternoon. Broken TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Don't forget, you can watch us uh, there on rockoftalk.tv or the app or rockoftalk.com. And uh, we'll continue. We'll pick it up there. Yes, three homicides last night. Uh, I don't think it actually requires, if you want to go ahead and, you know, go look at the murder scenes and all that, you can subscribe to ABQ Raw and, you know, look at those things. I am, I don't like all the gratuitous stuff, uh, you know. I think the cycle that comes, I already told you that, you know, there's always more murders. Go back, look it up. I mean, it's been a record month. Uh, every single month of this year, save three. Uh, it's been an absolutely uh, incredibly sad uh, situation as far as uh, crime and murder is concerned here for the city of Albuquerque. And I only wish it would improve. Uh, I have uh, requested a scanner uh, because these scanners were turned off just in time, right, for the election. And of course, the state fair when things get more violent remember folks i was literally talking about this right yesterday i mean people send in their reports and things that are happening but uh, these will happen in a span of like you know three to four hours and we're not able to uh, track uh, any of that kind of stuff but uh also interestingly as we were talking about that it just seems like you know we're more in love with murder and murders we had someone who called in yesterday talking about how there's someone who's selling uh, you know serial killer paraphernalia uh, but I know I noted or equipped that the uh, Muslim serial killer wasn't actually known as a serial killer. Um, there's the 
You might remember the name. Uh, Darian Bashir, does it ring a bell there, D. Dowd Muska? Oh, that was the uh, athlete murder, I believe, wasn't it? That was the athlete murder. Yeah, yeah, the University of New Mexico. His parents were from Texas. And instead of sending him off to have a great time, start a new life, get a degree, finds himself out of the now closed uh, imbibe. And I'm the one who brought you the film for all that in, right. in conjunction with uh, Mark Smith did a pretty decent job. Ticky, uh, Ticky. Yeah. <laughs> I like Ticky. I, I follow him on Twitter. Oh, He's you? a Trump guy. He's a Trump guy. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so, you know, him and I've got crossways several times the whole entire thing because I got literally introduced him to the footage. He ran with it, you know, wrote about it, whatever on enchantment sport. Is enchantment sports still alive. Check that out. See if it is. Oh. So anyway, um, Darian Bashir has a brother. Okay. And just so you know how justice works in the state of New Mexico. Now, remember, these are part, these are part of these black gangs that are up in the near Northeast Heights. Oh, yes, there's such a thing. Believe it or not, folks. Yes, it's out, it's out there. So he has a brother by the name of Ephraim Bashir. Okay. Now, Darian, in the film, you see him walk to the back, defended by Republican Robert Aragon, by the way. Uh, you might remember that in his final life in prison. I don't know if he gets a chance to sort of, I don't know, Paroles, it, probably. Right? Good times after you killed a baseball player. Yeah. Uh, is Enchantment Sports up? Yeah, they've only posted four times this whole calendar year, Eddie. So that's, you know. Tiki's uh, no talkie. And, and one of them is uh, that tubby guy from uh, the Big Stick. So, uh, oh, you know. uh, the fat guy. Fat guy. Wayne, weighing in on the NFL. Yes. Yeah. Uh, always waiting in on the NFL. He needs to weigh in on, uh, actually weigh in. That'd probably be good. All right. So, Here's, here's what Ephraim Bashir did. And this wasn't publicized. The media covered it up. You know, Darian, you know, Justice. These poor kids, they grew up in a disadvantaged household. I'm like, okay, I get, I get all that kind of stuff, okay? But I was literally contacted by someone who knows a lot about this particular case. And what was conveyed to me is that he shot his girlfriend and mother of his children after this is after uh, Darian Bashir pulled the gun out of the back of his, uh, out of the back of a, a car. And they've never found the accessories for murders and all this, uh, uh, the murder of that. And you might remember and the boy, the, the boy, the kid, the baseball player didn't even know he had a game the next day. He wasn't going to play in it, but he didn't even know he had been shot. He was so out of it, you know, just so drunk. And anyway, they pulled him, shot him like boom, point blank, right in the chest. And Ephraim, I think probably somewhere between three to five months later, shot his girlfriend. How many times do you think he shot his girlfriend? If I had to give you a guess, just 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 throw a number out there. That's a, not not you're gonna know. I'm making you guess just because it's so unbelievable. Uh, you got to do at least two for good measure and three for the the final. Or I'm going three. Yeah, uh, multiply that by three. Eight times. She was shot eight times good and Lord. she survived. Oh my goodness. She has been going through rehabilitation for the last three years. Now, there's been no story on this. No one's pulling out any of this stuff. This is a woman. This is a mother. She is a good person, believe it or not. She was involved in this very abusive relationship. Uh, long story short, Darian's brother, Ephraim, who shot seven less bullets than Darian did when he shot the baseball player, and his victim was his girlfriend in a domestic, didn't die, will be out of 
jail before Halloween. That's all you need to know. There's your big hit. There's your big takeaway. Ephraim Bashir, brother to Darian Bashir. Is Robert Aragon going to go defend uh, Ephraim? <laughs> you know, like this has got to stop. How is that man not in light in in prison for you know one to two life terms for the attempted murder? You know what? What's the rationale? What's the judge? What's the Democrat judge? So let's pull all the uh, Democrat judges on. Look at all these advertisements uh, here. Joe Monahan. Joe Monahan. By the way, Joe, uh, Joe Monahan just texted me. He said, "I don't know when you you uh, decided to pull your support for Donald Trump, but just know I just it looks like." By the way, uh, DeSantis looking more and more like uh, the presidential candidate uh, after the last few weeks. But that's just, you know, it's just, it's a moving target, folks. Just, just hang in there. It's going to be good. Justice Brianna Zamora, New Mexico Supreme Court Democrat. Cynthia Borrego, proven leader, integrity, and ethical. Thank God uh, she beat uh, Robert Aragon, but uh, thank God Dan Lewis ran again so we can get that seat for the city council. Keep Justice Julie Vargas. Pete Campos, dedicated to our future. Siempre adelante, bro. State Senate. Keep Judge Catherine Ray, Democrat. Joseph Luis Sanchez for State House. He's a Democrat and all. Keep Judge Gerald Baca for the Court of Appeals, another Democrat. I'm telling you, there's no justice because it's considerably this woke justice system, right? It's enabling. Now, the biggest donor to Michelle Lujan Grisham is, and I think, I think we should probably cover the Arnold tool again. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> AOB looked at this a couple weeks ago. This did not move the needle for Mark Ronchetti. Like you guys have been complaining about this. You're trying to say, well, you know, these things are going on. What what's what's happening? This is a sliding scale of failure to appear scale. And it gives the 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 benefit of the doubt is given to the criminal all the way through, okay? The decision-making framework, it's got green and red, and again, August 23rd, uh, 2022. The purpose of New Mexico's Arnold tool seems simple. According to the assistant public defender in the second judicial district, the purpose of the Arnold tool is to look at the relative risk based on a number of factors of every person who gets arrested on a felony. What goes into the decision about release versus detention, how strict the suspect's conditions of release should be, is not black and white. That's the rub. The rub is the discretion is left to the judge. And what's happened is these judges are woke judges who have a political philosophy and actually, actually works against the community and works for the criminal. Channel 4 looks at two recent cases, Muhammad Sayed. Oh, what, they don't say serial killer Muhammad Sayed. And Jeff Irving, Sayed is accused of shooting and uh, killing three Muslim men, okay? Both use Arnold Tool's recommended release, but the judges kept them both in jail. Do you see what they did there? You see, it's election time. The Democrats were working on the side of the people, the public. They took the worst ones, and, like, these guys are never going to get uh, personal recognizance because they wouldn't show back up. The man didn't even speak English. Pick it up there when we return. Mohammed Syed, serial killer. Say it with me. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva.
like we're looking at a tally of 113 murders Gee, that's a lot of murders it's crazy yep it's uh no no bueno and uh again kob channel 4 did the work um but they didn't do the work for the community they did it because it's politically angled one of the angles that mark ronchetti had uh, going into this race was you know the criminal element crime and then you saw the, the it's really just a crime wave that is swept throughout new mexico during michelle Lujan grisham's you know, term. Let's not forget, well, this is a woman who is, uh, you know, dancing Florida Los Flores uh, with the Padilla gang out in the South Valley. Los Paz, right? I mean, this is what she, this is what she does. Oh, we're going to crack down hard. How much, how much you bet me, Dowd, that um, I bet you, I bet you, I bet you those, the, the homies in the South Valley got the heads up that they were going to be cracking down, right? Probably took out their competition. That's right. Probably the way that it worked, right? Um, opportunity, oh, opportunity. Hey, thanks, Michelle. We're gonna we're gonna load up on you. We're gonna make sure we make some big donations for you. You know, you just take out our competition. He's got a million fentanyl pills, all sorts of heroin. He's got you know thirty five guns. But the FBI is working hard. We're cracking down. Even Joe Monahan wrote about it. He wrote about it officially. And Dan Klein came in. He stepped in. Is like. Uh, speaking of controlled opposition, I mean, it, it's just that whole gang made it to seem because, you know, they hate Susanna Martinez so much or they hate, you know, McCluskey so much or they hate, it's like, well, okay, well, I guess we'll have more of the same. No, nobody really likes any of the groups. Does anybody really like a politician? Uh, better yet, does a politician actually ever like themselves? Besides me, I mean, I like myself, but I'm not a politician. I just happen to run. So there you go. I think these politicians, you know, by and large are self-loathing SOBs. Daniel Ivy Soto. Well, his whole thing, remember, they made a mountain of molehill. Certainly, you've been keeping up on that case. I, I have no interest in it whatsoever. Blue dog, old blue dog Democrat, right? You know they're not going to prosecute their own. An ethics complaint. He was harassing a lesbian. What? Like, the guy has no, you know, gaydar whatsoever in the whole entire thing. And he's like, do I actually believe this? I think this was a motivated hippie. I mean, let's just take a look at the litany of things that happened while Michelle Lujan Grisham and <laughs> Cheryl Williams Stapleton. My gosh, how is that not plastered all over everything? Corruption, entrenchment. Like, this is a woman who said, uh, referred to the governor as the Mexican on the fourth floor. Does anybody remember that? Like, how, how do they get away with this? And she walks out. I believe that she's still not in jail, Doubt. She's... Um, I, I've, heard of, I've heard of no details on that case. No, no details. details. No, we send you back to Trinidad and Tobago. No. <laughs> island says, time. We like island time. I've been down to St. John. Island time is a fun time. <laughs> oh, it is. And there's no roads. I do like that. Did you ride the burros? Kick them in the stomach. I know, but I ran across a lot of the iguanas. I was sitting by the pool and there was a woman who was serving drinks to people. And I was near where she had to pass by. And she looked, she kept coming. She was a heavy set woman of color and yeah. uh, she kept coming by and she looked at me and said one time young man you're so not in the right place 
They're so not in the right place. It's not even there's no negativity in the islands. You have to couch everything in positive oh, yeah. terms. You just yeah. you're just not in the right place. You're not in the wrong place. You're just not in the right place. Uh, <laughs> call me now. Do you think Miss Cleo predicted her death? Oh, that, that would have been helpful. <laughs> the cops are coming. Get the shredder out, man. <laughs> so she made out with how many millions of dollars, right? I mean, it look, so they got the crime wave, the murders, like the, like the media is not going to hold her responsible. Like, how do you get away with that if you don't have people that you're fingering in the news? I mean that in the most positive way. Yeah, fingering in the newsrooms, like, you know who your go-to is, who's going to get the story out, how they're going to bury it, who gets the heads up. Remember, I mean, Joe Biden was giving his uh, son the heads up, Hunter. My son, Hunter, got to watch the movie. Hilarious. First scene, the first, you know, 20 minutes, this long extended scene of him just going on it doesn't feel exaggerated it doesn't feel hyperbolic it doesn't feel in a way that you know i think it, you know sort of violates nah it's, they're just trying to make something up here and there's like this little personal narration and i wish we had that here you know but we don't if you're a democrat you only get positive negative coverage and if you're a good republican or if you're a good conservative then you get no negative you get no coverage whatsoever we try to ignore you like every step of the way and I think that that's kind of what's going on with Mark Ronchetti. Mark Ronchetti has his commercials and everything else is so, so suddenly getting buried. And I think uh, despite having connections and relationships and certainly being able to work, uh, the Santa Fe New Mexican and uh, what is the name? I'm trying to think of the national report where, you know, where, where they get their stuff out. Isn't carrying quite the weight that it once did. So when you have when you're up against the Albuquerque Journal, the other side of the Santa Fe New Mexican, uh, despite having two reports, I think uh, uh, what, what's his name, um, Mylon Simonich, yep. Simonich. You know, I think you know he's sort of swinging against uh, Michelle Longrish. When you look at the the terrain and what's happening out there, you still have the Albuquerque Journal flipping the story back on Mark Ronchetti, and it doesn't make sense because I think maybe everyone's not experiencing the same the, the pain in the same way. Right. The, the small businesses experience the pain, but they don't have a voice like I'm their voice. Right. Uh, you, you don't have anybody else out there that's really looking at that. Everything else, again, goes to race, gender and something else or, or this poor criminal that went through these. Like those stories are not being told because it's all about who they get paid by. Plus, Tommy Lopez, we're the fifth most foul. You, you know, you get these popcorn reporters who are just cycling through things that they're resubmitting their resume all the time. Jorge is over there telling the weather in Phoenix. I mean, this is a stepping stone for all of these. Like, oh, did you make it out of, you know, Joy Wang didn't make it out of here because she's got a DUI. No one's going to hire a reporter with your DUI, right? <laughs> Despite being very, very, very woke. So if you look at the litany of the things that have happened during Michelle Lujan Grisham's Rain. She has been protected. La Reina has been protected by the cash injection coming from the federal government, not to mention being her pockets being padded by the very people that she has paved the way for their tools, the Arnold tool, right? You know, the Charlie Daniels stuff that came in, you know, back in 2016, you have all of the, uh, the bail reform. So you, the, the biggest part, the biggest criminal element continues to get, you know, spat out back into society again. And if you look at the city council, despite us having the lead, somehow, even when we get it right in the elections, as what happened in this last election, we still get it wrong because then you have an unforced error. Sorry, Roger Federer, uh, have a nice retirement. Um, where Brooke Bazan introduces something 
because she gets so much pushback by our listeners and the like about the fact that they don't want homeless encampments in their area. Now you're starting to see murders in other parts of the city. And you've got people who are sending in all sorts of things. So the homelessness, neither Tim Keller, oh, they'll clean it up for the balloon fiesta, they'll clean it up for the state fair. They'll send it all to the, the fairgrounds here for, you know, three to four weeks, right? It'll suddenly go down right before the balloon fiesta. You almost think that on the 50th anniversary of the balloon fiesta, they're doing it at that time at, 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 to set perfectly uh, every year for, you know, beer, <laughs> beer, balloons, and burritos. Like, that's what I'm, I'm here. I love New Mexico. And you got the white, silver white hair tail pony crowd that lives up in Santa Fe. And then I got culture. Look at my sarape. Look at my stuff. Oh, my gosh. These poor people, I'm going to take up the cause. I'm volunteering. I'm doing, like, they don't care. These are people who are just nothing but cash in their pockets that are here that vote for those woke policies and will continue to do so. And then they, they're connected to people in some of the five biggest feeder states for the state of New Mexico that bring their woke politics here. One of those, as you guys have now learned, is Texas. No, Texas hasn't had a Republican forever. It's always been a Democrat state right up until the turn of the century. Believe it or not, I know that's hard for some people to, to understand, because the Bushes were there. Well, we can't really call the Bushes Republicans. The Green New Energy Act, or Energy Transition Act, the ETA, that had unbelievable impacts on the state of New Mexico. When you look at how poor people are here, and they're rationalizing why it's okay to help the Ukraine with the little bit of money that you have, to put in your gas tank because you wanted to help them for uh, a war that is meaningless, truly meaningless. I mean, you had uh, uh, the head of, uh, of, of the Ukraine literally playing the piano with his penis. Vladimir Zelensky, right? And, and this is the guy that we're helping for all the setup who was a, for, who was a former actor who's leading up things. But no, New Mexicans were happy to pay to do their part, to put their bumper stickers on, to do their woke politics. And we don't mind paying a buck 50 to two bucks over 20 gallons. Well, you know, where's 40? Oh, I thought we were going to be able to go to the, the movies this weekend. No, I can't go, uh, kid. Uh, sorry. I can't uh, come up with the $30 and a bag of popcorn so we can go ahead and get together. Oh, and meanwhile, this should be the biggest thing. We talk about the film industry. Failure, failure, failure. I mean, Alec Baldwin literally murders somebody. Murder, by the way. Murder was the case that they gave him or will give him, just not yet. Poor Alec. I feel so bad for him. I don't. Eddie, I'm, I was I was putting together the film yeah, industry yeah. with the um, your, oh. your, can, your cannabis crusade. Didn't, yeah. didn't we learn a couple of days ago that we have over 400 dispensaries? Four, uh, four, uh, 440, 436, 446. Yeah. So More we had per capita than any other state out of the box. If you want to put this in just framing the, the film, the, the billion dollars or so we've given to the film industry in the last year, that billion dollars produced fewer jobs than the number of cannabis distribute uh, dispensaries that popped up just in the first year of cannabis sales. Stat of okay. the day, stat of the day. Okay. Repeat that one more time. That's amazing. That's okay. an amazing This is stat. federal Great data, not D. Dowd Muska, not somebody talking out of his rear end. This is the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They said that over the last 10 years, I think it was 20, uh, it was 2011 to 2021, New Mexico gained a net 444 jobs in film and television production. And then we just learned that there were roughly the same number of cannabis dispensaries. And Eddie, presumably each of those dispensaries has at least one or more employees. Yep. So we created more employees in cannabis in one year than a billion dollar subsidy to Hollywood. Back in three.
33 here in the Kiva. Uh, somebody texted me about Miss Cleo. They were loving it. But uh, then I went and looked up Miss Cleo when she did die. And then there's all sorts of... <laughs> I could do a whole show just on Miss Cleo. Call me now. We could just do that all day long. And somehow Philip Michael Thomas was related to that story. I don't know how uh, interesting. Tubbs! Yeah, Tubbs. Uh, yeah, Tubbs is 73 now. You know, he has 11, 11 children. Yeah. <laughs> Sure hope those Miami Vice residual checks keep coming in a timely manner. Well, well, I mean, listen, that's a lot of kids. So immediately, every time we start going to a lot of kids, I start looking up all the NFL players who don't know the names of their children. Uh, like Hunter Biden, uh, Eddie reporting, <laughs> reporting mentioned earlier in the show, uh, reported yeah. in the Arkansas uh, Gazette, uh, Democrat Gazette today, uh, yesterday, I'm sorry. Uh, this is a statement from the mother of the four-year-old. She's a happy, healthy, beautiful little girl. Uh, she looks like a cross between her mother with some Biden splash in. She does extremely well except for the fact that her father has nothing to do with her and her grandfather has nothing to do with her. She's never met either one. Yeah, there you go. New York Post writing about uh, uh, this back in 2021. Uh, Ex-stripper baby mama was on his payroll while pregnant, according to text messages. Whatever happened to all the text messages? Uh, Mike Lindell, uh, speaking of former druggies uh, who are... Um, Mike Lindell, what was he addicted to? I know it was... Was it meth that he? Was? I think it was crack, wasn't it? Heavy, heavy stuff. Oh, I've I've literally had to just shut off America's voice because it's it's this sad charade that's playing out right now. Um, have you do you watch Steve Bannon? No, I'm not a fan of Steve. Bannon. Yeah, I'm I'm done with Steve. It's me and Steve, we we parted ways after this last thing. I mean, I don't know how you build people, telling them that you're going to build the wall and then literally take their money, and you don't build the wall, right? Like, isn't that the reason why all these people donated millions upon millions of dollars? And they were literally using it as a slush fund for what they wanted to do, according to the, I mean, just on that level, you know, that that's, look, if they got you, they got you. And other people are sort of turning on that. Mike Lindell now, why do they have his cell phone? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Just come and get Mike Lindell's cell phone because he contested the election. What what did he do? Make too many pillows? One too many soft blankets? So, one too many slippers. Like to be quite honest, I, I I literally cringe when I hear the my pillow stuff. I don't have a my pillow. Incidentally, I will not sleep on a my pillow, just because that giant cross in my face as he's constantly swinging his hands. It's just I don't know what it. What is it, Dow? That's just bothering me. It's just I don't know. I, I can't oh. take it. Right? It just it bothers me. Something about the salesy part of that just, just drives me crazy. Right? Mm-hmm. But he's a good man, and I like what he tried to do. And finding the data, and I think he did an inordinate amount of work to try and get it get it done. But seizing his cell phone because he had a difference of opinion and stuck his neck out. Yeah. And that's what this whole thing is. It's like everybody who did the January 6th stuff. And I played that for you. The real story about January 6th from Epic Times. You've got to watch that. I mean, this is real testimony. These people's lives are absolutely ruined. Everybody who had a ticket, you were on there, on the radar. If you had a Bank of America t- account and you had a ticket, right, to... <laughs> It's, it's kind of crazy to Washington, D.C. during that time frame within the three days uh, before and after the six. OK, everybody who came to that airport, your uh, bank account was completely scooped. OK, just like your Facebook profiles, like all that kind of stuff is there. Mark Zuckerberg handed out your um, I guess there's a me- the messaging app messenger. Right. If I remember correctly, the messenger app took the messenger, the pieces of that and went out to the FBI. For what reason? Like, where is it? 
Did you just see the Tucker interview the other night with the woman in New Jersey? Some neighbor ratted her out and said she was in, in, in D.C. on January 6th, and, and some FBI agents knocked on her door to ask her about it. She wasn't even there. Scary stuff. That is scary. That right there is scary. Neighbors turning upon neighbor. I mean, I ain't turning on with someone I just signed a contract with for, like, no reason. I'm like, what? I never said I was talking about. Hunt, but... But 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 they got the text messages. The only place is is Alexander Hamilton. Well, you got to be quick on the draw. Sorry, bad joke. <laughs> great great show though. Love Hamilton. Um, it amazes me how none of his texts, his laptop, none of that stuff comes out. But you know now they got Mike Lindell's computer. Like the double standard is just out there depending upon who you're with. And there's going to be no pushback. No one's going to jump on Mike Lindell's side and go defend him. It's like, well, he's got all the money in the world. He should be able to get through that. No, he won't. It's just not really Giuliani. The America's may have ruined forever, but yet you've got Tim Keller. You've got Michelle Lujan Grisham, like clean as can be whatever they, whatever they want, however they need it. And, and it's just, it amazes me. Hunter Biden's ex-stripper baby mama was on his payroll while pregnant. She bore Hunter Biden's out-of-wedlock child. He claims that he has no memory of the meeting. They literally took a paternity test. How do you not remember? Hey, uh, you never met your dad because he doesn't remember conceiving you. Wow. Wow, that that child's not going to have any problems, right? Later on going when he wants to know who he is, and he goes and he starts looking through all the news articles and you know, stuff that's been written about him and, you know, his mom and his dad, you know, his, his biological dad. Um, hopefully he'll grab a, a new dad, right? Somebody that loves him, cares for him. Daddy, we call that. It's kind of crazy. What is that going to do to his psyche? That's a, another matter. Was on his consulting firm's payroll during her pregnancy. Text messages retrieved from his laptop revealed. And the first son made sure he was booted off the company insurance plan. And now this guy is trying to lower his child support because of his current economic situation. How are you the son of the, what could be more embarrassing? Remember when it was Trump and his children, right? And they didn't mind, we're going after Trump. We're going to make sure that there's, while he was president, we're going to make sure that there's not another PGA uh, golf event at another Trump. We're going to decimate their wine. We're going to decimate their hotel properties. We're going to decimate their resort properties. We're, we're, we're going to come down on Mar-a-Lago. Where is that? It's not. The fairness is in knowing what, what is and what isn't allowable, knowing the rules of the game. And the rules of the game don't pertain in the liberal media. They don't pertain you know, to the individuals who are Republican versus Democrat. Like we are run right now and gearing more towards communism than we ever have. I think we can agree upon that, the way that everything has been run. The messages which are contained on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop shed new light on the relationship between him and London Roberts, who gave birth to their daughter, Navy Joan Roberts, August of 2018. She messaged Biden on the 24th of that year to let him know that their child's due date was September 8th. Maybe DD, all good, she wrote. And the mail reported the message received no response from Hunter. That is something that child will read at some point. 15 days later, she messaged him again. Reached out a few times. It's clear you don't want to be reached. Need to talk to you if you feel the need to reach out. My line is always open. Hope all is well. 
Again, Biden did not respond. Screenshots taken by the mail showed that message appeared four times. This is the president's son, Hunter Biden, involved in corruption in the BGK, colossal. BGK was one of the largest companies here in this state. Okay? They sold off everything. Guess who was involved in Gemini Rosemont and the Chinese company? Bill Richardson, Hunter Biden, Teresa Hines Carey's son, Chris Hines, and Devin Archer. All these people were involved. And then, that's not even the worst of it, this guy can't even be just a decent guy. He can't even be, Eddie Gilbert, can't even be a decent human being and respond to the woman and his child. Like, this is unconscionable. And you're going to tell me we're going to vilify the Trumps? We're going to vilify Republicans? Biden did not respond. Screenshots taken by the mail show the message appeared four times. That December, Hunter Biden message assistant Katie Dodge asking for information about his firm, Rosemont Seneca. Bingo. His company directly here in New Mexico that nobody will write or talk about. And just for clarification, who pay, who is payroll paid to now and for the past nine months? I want your businesses to know if you're in a BGK property that was sold to Chant, you sent money to the corrupt Hunter Biden, Joe Biden family. 10% of your rent went directly to Joe Biden. The big guy. Gotta get save 10% for the big guy. Right. So when you look what's her name off and directed her income, did it also end my insurance? He doesn't even want to pay for her insurance. Past nine months has been you, me, London, Hallie, Liz, and Aaron, Dodge responded, but currently only you, me, and Aaron. Wow, his wife. <clears throat> sorry. Wow, his baby mama. <clears throat> Wait, sorry. While the stripper that he slept with one night knocked up. Yeah. While she was needing him. We really care about women's rights. We really care about the women out there, don't absolutely. we? Absolutely. Oh, God, we're always there for the women. You know, my body, my choice. Huh? My body, my choice. Dodge later reassured her, Hunter, no lens removal doesn't jeopardize the insurance. Robert slapped Hunter Biden with a paternity suit. Good, flip back. Give it to her. Yeah. The suit was settled in March of last year with Biden agreeing to pay an undisclosed monthly sum in child support and health insurance. Dowd, you've got the update for that. And what does Hunter Biden want to do after he, quote unquote, settled? Always <laughs> well, negotiating. He, he's filing with the court uh, in the county court down in Arkansas to adjust his child support payments. And uh, we don't know exactly the specifics, I guess, at this point. But again, this is the Arkansas Dem Democrat Gazette. Ms. Roberts, the stripper, I'm the, the exotic dancer, yeah. uh, Ms. No, London you. Roberts, her attorney, and Eddie, this is could be an example. I'm hoping it's an example, and I, I don't know for certain. I've, I've made this mistake in my life, and I'm sure many people have. Penny wise and pound foolish, her lawyer is uh, uh, champing at the bit in order to uh, rip apart uh, Hunter's records. Quote, ultimately, this is going to require us to look deeply, more deeply into Hunter's finances. I'm going to want to have a deposition with Mr. Biden. Like last time, I'm going to bring my forensic accountant to the deposition unless the judge tells me I can't. <laughs> oh, what do you think the judge is going to say? Uh -huh. I can't. Back in three.
absolutely love you. You got us rolling. Call me now. The, hey, Eddie. Uh, yes, big props to you on yesterday's show. It's how I feel. Mental health. It's all the rage. Just want to scream. Life is scary and bizarre. What with all of these asses and loons running this country. I believe I went to you went to Rio with your mama. If she graduated in 74, I'm sure she did. My mom was very tall. Do you know how tall my mom was? 5'11". It's hard to see that's, her go through all of her. That's tall for a woman. Yeah, through my her sisters are 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. She was uh, tall and lean and, you know, she just she's had some problems with her, her back um, as of late. So hopefully she's going to get better. Um, Love you, mom. I believe I went with Rio with your mom and graduated in 74. I will keep her in her prayers. It's a powerful thing. Thank you. Yes, that's how, what do you think keeps me afloat? Thank you for the PS. Do you still have the calendar? Yes, we have calendars. Um, got several returned, by the way. I'm not sure what's going on. If so, I'd like still one. Resend my address if you need me to. No, don't resend your address. I'll, I'll go through it. Uh, I thought Northeast Albuquerque was safe. No. no, no. Um, let's see. Mark checks in. Uh, Governor Trainwreck. Jabs versus jobs. Failing schools. Cartel criminals. Open borders. Did Gruesome mandate jabs? Can I note that on a banner about her record? No, she didn't. Uh, I believe within the state of New Mexico, they were mandated, were they not? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then also, so if you're a state of a New Mexico employee, you're definitely jabbed. Um, <clears throat> just prepare for it. Somebody actually sent me uh, the article. If, I mean, try to keep up with the show when you can. I realize you don't have three hours to sit here and devote to the this. So if you can check in, you know, sort of now and then, that's why you got to get that that stuff and stay on top of it. But he sent this to me early earlier today. said, you know, thank you for what you do, blah, blah, blah. And he sent me, embalmers have long been finding numerous long fibrous clots that lack post-mortem characteristics. And we went through all that. So there you are, state of New Mexico, uh, you're likely going to be an uninsurable uh, at some point uh, in your life because you took the jab. Uh, uh, Eddie, on July 29th, 2021, so over a year ago, okay. uh, and I'm reading right from her god-awful press release, quote, in light of the continued spread of COVID-19 and enhanced viral risk driven by vaccine hesitancy and resistance that oh, means idiot. you ladies and gentlemen uh governor michelle lujan grisham on thursday signed an executive order requiring all state employees to either be fully vaccinated or otherwise submit to regular COVID 19 testing did uh did uh let's see did other agencies follow suit like was um city of albuquerque today remember that was one thing that was putting out a lot i mean we're right, right 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 yeah. right the, the city of albuquerque they didn't mandate it i want to say i think they backed off didn't they i think yeah because remember close to the election last year i was making a big deal about it mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they said that we, we were not going to require that so you're welcome if you were a city of albuquerque employee and you did it uh, there you go uh, tim keller did not require it and you if you didn't get it we can we can say that we helped each other on that one that's uh, Eddie, the city halted life. its plan for a vaccine mandate in January of 2022. They gave, uh, they gave up on it. Yeah. Kind of curious. Why Why would you give it up if, if if the queen up in Santa Fe said that we should definitely do it? But why would why would you do that? Well, what was the date again? Uh, that was in January 20th, 2022, earlier this year. And the reason they did it was because the Supreme Court, that was the same day the Supreme Court ruled that OSHA, the federal agency, did not have the authority to impose its vaccine mandate. Uh, judges uh, judges matter uh, in our in our democracy, ladies and gentlemen. Judges matter. Sandia National Labs. I believe we have a few people to thank there for that one as well. Uh, we Sandia Labs. Uh, yeah, they, they pulled back. They pulled, nope. Remember they were threatening you with an inch of your life. 
going to play some Pink Floyd lately. I do miss the music, but it's too much work for me, and I don't have the time. Haven't got time for the pain. Uh, Carol King apparently wrote all the songs for James Taylor. I forgot about that. We oh. we, we addressed that once. Is that, yeah? Feel the earth move under my feet. Mm. Uh, Matt says, I just crossed the Arizona, and I already feel more safe. Too bad it's not. <laughs> Freedom. Uh, um, let's see. Yeah, don't try. Eddie, there was something when I when I went on the fiftieth birthday extravaganza in Nevada, Utah, and Arizona. There was something in the air. I just felt calmer and more at peace. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember, what's good for the goose is well, what's good for the gander is not good for the goose. Uh, it, the reverse doesn't work. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, I think a little bit of a come up and uh, come in your way. Um. Uh, this won't get any play other than here this radio station. Uh, Brett Cook and I just doing a, a fair job of uh, putting some information out. But apparently, while you were all on lockdown, we finally got full-born verification that uh, Michelle Lujan, who, what kind of, whatever boat she was on, I would imagine would sink just because of the way the gravity lines up on, you know, between her head and her ass. Um, tell me, uh, what was she out doing? Hanging out with uh, Man- Manny's converted. Did you know that? He was a Republican until he met... Michelle Lujan Grisham, did you know that? Ooh. Did you know? Do you know? Do you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Wow. She's got she's she's got the power. She's got bomb. We'll just put it, leave it right there. Dowd, uh, what do you what did you find out? Yeah, our old buddy uh, Brett Coconitis uh, up at the uh, I think it's called the Stop MLG Pack, uh, and I and I believe it's just that simple. S T O P M L G dot com. If you want to uh, go help Brett out and ho- help kick out, eh, if not the worst, then one of the worst governors in New Mexico. So their press release today says that they did an IPRA inspection of public records request act, uh, and they found that the governor may have been defying her emergency health health orders in order to. Uh, administer to the poor and the underserved. No, to go to boating parties uh, and travel during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, this involves, uh, he requested financial records related to her contingency fund, the governor's contingency fund, and the P-card, purchasing card, which, uh, uh, you know, when you work for an organization, of course, her, her P-card is is you and, and me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they requested reports from January 1st, 2020, so that was just a couple months before everything started to go crazy. Uh, from the Department of Finance, 49 documents contain nearly 1,000 pages of expenditures that were responsive, detailing uh, her expenses. Reports included certificates for boating safety courses, verbo lodging, Navajo Lake marina yeah, fees, and boating packages. Hmm. Okay. According to uh, Brett, there are nearly a thousand pages uh, containing lavish catered items and alcohol for large parties, excessive daily shopping, travel, and even perhaps activities in Taos, Vale, and boating on a Navajo lake. All this while the governor scolded New Mexicans and ordered them to stay indoors away from loved ones and left to stand in the cold for groceries. Uh, she, she made a stopper at Chimi over at Allsup's. I'm not surprised. Oh, awesome. Uh, it looks like, Eddie, they have posted uh, all the documents they've gotten. Again, you can go to stopmlg.com yeah. and look for yourself. Yeah, uh, which is more transparency transparency than you're going to get out of a lot of government entities in New Mexico. So check out Brett's work, and I commend the guy for tracking this down, uh, Eddie. Good stuff. Well, let's share it with our audience. They probably won't be able to get to that time, uh, all this stuff. But this is a, a pretty little hefty uh, credit card uh, receipt uh, that she's got going on over here. Eddie, remember um, the time we were in... Uh, I'm really not interested in this stuff, uh, uh, to be quite honest. Remember when we were up in Angel Fire and your, your, your folks' neighbor up there, he was from Texas, and he went to a state park and they left a note on his car saying, you're not a resident of New Mexico, so here. you can't be at this state park? 
yeah, you're not welcome here. That's exactly right. Uh, uh, the, they cited him, um, and he was from Dallas, Texas. And by the way, folks, these are pretty liberal people, um, I will say. They were young people. They're really into their hazy IPAs and all their cool wines, and she's studying to be an enophile and all that. Anyways, you know, or, or what is it? Uh, what, I, I can't even think of the name anymore. Samaye. Uh, Jim, I'm thinking about you just to let you know. So um, they left that message, and they did not know what to do with uh, do about it. Because they had, quote unquote, crossed the line into the state. They were sort of the harbingers of the new spread that was going to come three to seven days after they arrived here to uh, to go ahead and infect the New Mexico population with their Dallas COVID virus. I mean, it was really hateful. That kind of stuff comes off as hateful. Michelle Lujan Grisham comes out as a hateful individual. The politics of perception, notice that didn't play into this. I'm going to say one final part. Mark Ronchetti seems to me to be a very genuinely nice guy. His wife, she knows a lot about Angel Fire because she runs the marketing for a number of years for up in Angel Fire. She is a genuinely nice person. I mean, you talk to her, she's very upfront. I forget what her name is. Is it Kristen? Christy, yeah. It's Christy Ronchetti. Anyway, nice, nice family. The whole thing with the Twitter should have played up her likability factor. Did you notice, and I'm going to qualify this two ways, okay? Just to, just to say that I'm not the most hated man that there is. Hector Balderas, okay, got 65% of the vote the last time that he ran for AG. For all intents and purposes, Hector is not particularly a likable person. You wouldn't su- suggest that he's an affable individual. It's like, oh, yeah, I could walk. I mean, I was yelling his name at a concert one time. The guy just wouldn't turn around. He's not in there glad-handing, talking to people, being gregarious, and, you know, exchanging with people. Like, he kind of has just this, this kind of demeanor. It's like, huh, you know. Right. And really, he's got the shaved head, looks mean, all that. But you see him picking up Michelle Lujan Grisham. Then you got Michelle Lujan Grisham, who has been explicitly angry, who has been explicitly rude, curt, mean, petty, nasty, petty, all that. Yeah. Take your word. And the media has run cover for her the entire time. And Mark, you just can't say, in my opinion, the likability factors through the roof with him. How the hell is this guy? Tra- you know why? Because New Mexico itself is a mean, nasty, petty group, collected group of individuals who are pissing and moaning about everything in the world unless they get the check at the beginning of the month. She burned down the last thing that I wanted to tell you in her legacy is she is fully responsible for the worst number of shutdowns the worst uh, public health outcry that she exacerbated. And let's not forget the largest wildfire in the history of the state of New Mexico. And yet we are still not holding her accountable. Unbelievable. I don't know what else there is to say back for the third hour. When we return here in the Kiva as I, uh, I don't know. I don't really care about these receipts and all the places you and what she did. I think her record speaks volumes. Third hour up next. here for the third hour. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. You can go ahead and stitch your SoundCloud or Spotify us. I like to audible 
Run the Audible. Uh, speaking of, I think they're going to be running the first NFL football game on the Prime Video. So um, my parents won't be able to watch it. They won't know what to do. Uh, they're 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 pretty big uh, football football. No, not football. Uh, actual football. American football. My my son's trying to walk up to me with like useless trivia about. Did you know the Arizona Cardinals are the oldest team in the NFL? I'm like, yes, son. I, I okay. detail. I know that. Uh, uh, by the way, I'd like to uh, give the maybe one of the biggest shout outs I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, Teresa, you just made me cry. Um, so I got um, this is a picture of my mother in high school. I've never seen it before, and I just had to send it to my mom. Look at this. That's my mom. And I guess she was on the homecoming court. Look at that. Now. Oh, my. Huh? It's terrific. She's one quarter Indian, by the way. That makes me 12 and a half percent, which uh, after checking the bloodlines, uh, I should have been a horse breeder. They're selling Colts for $1.2 million. Like the, the dosage and they're selling, uh, selling wins, you know, just, just to have animals breed just millions and pun millions of dollars. Like that's it. When I, in my next life, that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going <laughs> to, Mr. Ed, Does anybody watch that anymore. You could watch that on uh, Roku. Wilbur. Wilbur. Yeah. All the rest of that. Uh, don't forget, download our apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com. Uh, Dowd's going to be checking out for the third hour tomorrow, so it's going to be an ESPA blotter, a Dowdless ESPA blotter. Uh, he's got to uh, take care of some things, so uh, we'll be saying sayonara to him at the bottom of the uh, second hour, so we're going to do the data dump a little early. Uh, we'll do it to finish up uh, hour two, so a little heads up uh, for tomorrow. Today's Dowd's data dump uh, includes... Take it away, Dowd. Yeah, folks. Uh, some some fairly uh, big big economic uh, uh, events uh, or reports to talk about today, affecting really all of us. Uh, I wouldn't say there's any blockbuster uh, event uh, news, but I would say that it's sort of continuing the trend we're seeing, not of a uh, 1929 level economic collapse in our country, but certainly not uh, a lot to be happy about. Retail sales uh, for the month last month, August, increased. 0.3% from July. That was better than expected. But once you uh, adjust for inflation, uh, that you know takes a little uh, chunk out of that. The issue here, uh, and again, when you ever see a big number like this, you've got to se- separate out the little stuff. Um, excluding automobiles, sales actually decreased 0.3% for the month. Again, August, below the estimate, which was for a mild uh, increase. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, the, your homewares and, you know, what do people buy? I'm, I'm a single 50 year old man. I don't buy anything. What do people buy that isn't, that's not autos? Uh, books, furniture, books. books. Yeah. Books. Yeah. I, well, that's true. I, I keep the book you, industry you spend alive. Money on books. I do. And I, um, most of the books I buy have been out of print for many decades. Uh, moving on, industrial production. Okay. Month over month, it declined. Uh, it, it was up a little bit higher, but the mining index uh, was flat, which is interesting because commodities are doing so so well. So that's kind of uh, mm, mm, we don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm sorry, it was a it was a mild decline month to month, but it was still up year to year. So you know, not not much news one way or the other. We're continuing to see applications for unemployment benefits decline at a very low rate. So every week it's down a couple thousand applications. Uh, initial jobless claims, uh, as often used as a proxy for layoffs, fell to a seasonally adjusted 213,000 last week from a revised uh, 218,000 the previous week. But again, it's, it's just sort of flat. We're not seeing a lot of movement. One thing I think that is a genuine concern, I'm going to drop uh, two more stats on you. Uh, actually, I quote 
I'll round out with a quote, but I'll give you this statistic. FedEx, it reported that its first quarter results were below the company's expectations as global volumes of their shipping declined and the macroeconomic trends globally uh, worsened. The company disclosed preliminary first quarter results today. Uh, it said that FedEx results were curbed by macroeconomic weakness in Asia and challenges in Europe. Their revenue was about $300 million below the company's forecasts. Uh, uh, not, 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 not a great sign. And I'm going to wind up with a quote from a CEO. Okay. This is a, uh, I guess he goes by the name of Barry Sternlicht. He's a billionaire uh, financier. He, Eddie, now I'm going to really be interested in Eddie's take on this because it relates to uh, interest rates, which Eddie is really always cued into. He is not happy. He doesn't want more interest rate hikes because he thinks the economy is breaking toward a recession. He's very, very angry about uh, <laughs> rising rates. Uh, the economy is breaking hard, he said. He's the CEO of Starwood Capital. Uh, he was interviewed on oh, CNBC. Right. If the Fed keeps this up, uh, meaning raising the rates, they are going to have a serious recession and people will lose their jobs. Well, oh, you know, so they're looking for the uh, the fall guy is is now the Fed. Aren't we already kind of in a recession and people uh, are no, already are losing, yeah. losing their job? But here's where I think, Eddie, he does. Um, uh, he is sounding a warning bell in terms of saying things are actually worse than people in positions of power understand. He said CEO confidence is, quote, miserable, close quote, with the various supply chain issues. Inventories are backing up in warehouses. The data they're looking at right now, the, the powers that be, uh, that's old data. All they have to do is call Doug McMillan at Walmart, call any of the real estate fellas and ask them what is happening to our apartment rents, he said, pointing out that the rate of rent growth is now slowing. So what does he think is the solution? Uh, not hiking rates anymore. Uh, if that happens, it will cause a quote unquote major crash in the housing market, uh, Mr. Sternlich said, and the uh, noting that the one hot, once hot real estate market is swiftly slowing down. But Eddie, I, you know, listen, nobody wants uh, in a perfect world. I guess nobody would want the interest rates hiked. Uh, that's a tool that they're trying to use to curb inflation. We are caught in this very tough bind because, as Donald Trump said, we have very, very stupid people in government, and that has brought us to the point that we are uh, now. And it's going to be interesting to see if CEOs like that exert any influence in the debate moving forward. So I guess the bottom line for today, folks, is more data coming in showing the economy's not in great shape. Uh, and a CEO is angry at the Fed for trying to fight inflation. So let me talk uh, very quickly why we want higher interest rates. And it has nothing to do with housing or your ability to buy or a credit card. Like nobody cares about that anymore. Stop your bitching. You have had plenty of time to take opportunity to take uh, solace in uh, the weakest uh, interest rate hikes in the last, I think, 200 years, if you really want to think about it. I mean, just want to think about what people had to deal with. Uh, you've had your money for free since President Barack Obama became president. It's been a bailout after bailout after easy ride. Like, it'll never be easier. The next 15 years will never have been harder. So just understand that that's coming. And the misery index is going to be well above 20%, the real misery index, regardless of the government lying to you. So you have to understand that these are things that have to now happen. And the reason why is eventually we'll have to get to the point where we pay the piper that will be cause and effect and people will have to, you know, finally pay those types of huge interest rates again. We're probably going to be somewhere north of 85 to 9%, uh, maybe by the uh, end of first quarter next year, if not higher. Um, I just think that that's definitely coming, especially after the 
midterm elections because the inflation rate isn't going to cool. I told you not until the third quarter. So if you get three more pushes uh, towards the end of the year for the interest rates, that's going to put us uh, in fair game territory. Now, you don't have to worry about the housing market. You don't have to worry about people buying cars. People still need to buy cars. They just don't need to be buying electric cars. People need to be buying houses. They don't just need to be buying, you know, eight-bedroom mansions anymore. The people who have made money in real estate are going to make more money now in real estate going forward. I won't tell you how it happens because it's too long of an explanation. But the people who make money are going to make just as much money, just probably in a different way. And they're going to have to account for it and lawyer up and all the other things to protect them because the government's going to go after them and you first. If you bought a house in the last three to four years, prepare to get audited. Prepare yourself to get audited, okay? Because they know, and it's instead of everybody winning, instead of everybody winning, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be winners and losers. And that's what the world's made of, folks. Not everybody gets a win. And so the interest rate's rising. You can't wham, wham your way to the top, especially Starwood Capital or any of these things. We need to take a bloodbath, and it needs to be coming very soon. The sooner we get this over with, the sooner my children, hopefully coming out of high school or whatever at that time, will be able to get into. So we have to go through some tough times and just understand that. I think we need to start dealing with real world things. And not everybody deserves... 12 television sets and, you know, a trip, a trip every season and I need to travel and do this and the time off in August and be summer here and you know, I need to make sure I get my three. No, nobody cares anymore. That doesn't matter. Okay. You guys voted for the, this guy with the corrupt son who is involved in all of these really weird real estate deals involving Ukraine, Burisma, you know, uh, China and everything else out there, folks, someone's got to pay for that at some point. And, I hate to say it, um, the new woke economy isn't going to prevent those things from coming home to roost. Just because you select greener cars or, you know, vote Democrat or all that, uh, folks, the pain is coming for you, especially you. Uh, and your, your, thresh, your pain threshold uh, will eventually hit. And when those 87,000 IRS agents come home to roost, guess who they're looking for? They're looking for the people who made money, who stayed home, and who are acting like they don't have that much money. Maybe even the Hunter Bidens of the world who are like, hmm, I don't really know what I've been doing. Things have been so tough lately. You whine about it, uh, you're going to draw attention to yourself. 550. And yeah, uh, I, I hate to go back to Arkansas, but uh, no, the article the article in the Arkansas paper, I, I, I read a good section of it, but I just want to let, let people have this quote. In the past, Hunter Biden, okay, Yale graduate, Georgetown graduate, son of a U.S. senator for 40-plus years, son of a vice president, son of a soon-to-be president. In the past, Biden has presented himself as financially strapped, uh, telling the court, this is the county court in Arkansas where baby mama is, in November 2019, quote, I am unemployed and have no monthly income since May 2019, close quote. Yale, Georgetown, law degree, Father Joe Biden. At the time, uh, Hunter said he had, quote, significant debts, close quote, due in part to obligations arising from a divorce. But yet the New York Times, shortly after Hunter made that claim, uh, reported that Hunter was living in a $12,000 a month uh, Los Angeles rental with a swimming pool and a Porsche in the driveway. Yeah. Uh, Not to mention, uh, what's the biggest way that rich people create their own uh, sort of enclaves of wealth that can't be touched what do they buy not houses it's not real estate 
What is it? Muni bonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and tax they, free. And, they, and then they, yeah, that, it's right. They also get their their buddies on the city council to go ahead and pass the right ones, and they that's not that's not insider trading. No, that's not exactly. Oh, no, meanwhile, that's... meanwhile, folks, uh, the, the feds. This is a stat I was I was holding off from yesterday. Uh, yeah. Let's look at inflation in house in your household grocery expense. This is the last year of inflation. I'm going to give you by each category: cereals and bakery products. Inflation is up 16.4 percent in the last yeah. year. There we go. Uh, meats, poultry, fish, and eggs. Inflation is up 10.6 percent over the year. Dairy and related pro uh, products. 16. 0.6% uh, inflation. Uh, Non-alcoholic beverages, they are up 13.4%. And uh, other food, the sort of catch-all uh, category, 16.7% up inflation in the last 12 months. It's almost like, Eddie, there's two Americas. There's Hunter Biden's America, and then there's the America for the rest of us. Uh, wealthy art owners are raising cash from their collections amid a looming recession. Uh, this, uh, by the way, written... On April 16th, 2020, looming recession. Remember what was happening during that time? Do you guys remember? Yeah, Donald Trump was still president. What were they pitching at that time? How we're going into a recession. Anyway, some wealthy art collectors are raising cash from their art assets. Investing in art has been popular among the wealthy because the category is considered a value-preserving asset class. Uh, what is Hunter Biden currently doing right now? I think he's a professional artist, isn't he? That's right. That's what he is doing. Uh, as equities tumbled and then he's actually put stuff up for sale. Uh, as concern and the consequences of the pandemic started to become apparent, some clients are looking for fast capital, meet capital margin calls on their investments. Visit Business Insider's homepage uh, for more details on this. Why do wealthy, wealthy people buy art? Investing in art has long been popular among the wealthy because the category is considered, quote unquote, a value preserving asset class that has lower call risks and assets that are priced dailies, such as security. Uh, can art be used to launder money? In an effort to turn dirty money into clean money, art money laundering involves the buying and selling of high-valued artwork to further disguise the origins of illegally obtained funds, a process called layering. Would you, would, would you like for me to continue? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I aspire to be in this group someday. <laughs> oh, do you? How do, the, how do rich people launder money? The traditional forms of laundering money, including smurfing, using mules, and opening shell corporations, as well as investing in art. Other methods also include buying and selling commodities, investing in assets like real estate, gambling, and counterfeiting. Um, what are the four stages of money laundering? Placement, layering, art, integration, money laundering charges, defenses to money laundering, lack of evidence, no intent, duress. Uh, that's what I put in. Three stages, placement, layering, and integration and extraction. By the way, uh, the Sotheby's uh, in the past, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but you know how they have the auctions and the people register and they just have numbers. Mr. Bond. Don't you think that the people that are involved in the art game, how long have you been in the art game? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Those numbers uh, belong to people that Sotheby's knows and knows how to redirect and who to bid up and what. Notice that there's never names disclosed when big famous pieces of art are bought. Go yes, look. Yes. Yep. Have you noticed? Yep. Like yep. who has it? Where, where is the Mona Lisa? You know, where is, where is Vincent van Gogh's, Vincent van Gogh's? Yeah, you got to pronounce it the right Sorry, way. Night. Yeah, no, 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 sunflowers. I think that uh, for the, like the, the most expensive pieces of art ever sold. Let's see what, what, what those would be. Ooh, tens of millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions. I think, uh, I think, I, I think it's, uh, 
Jackson Pollock is one of them, which is literally if if any if anyone's ever watched Pollock's like how does anybody pay anything for that? You know, I mean, if there was anything I would ever want, uh, let's see, Salvatore Mondays, the highest known prices paid for paintings, Leonardo da Vinci, Salvatore Mond, Salvatore Monday. So that, of course, uh, being I think it's a picture of Christ, right? Is that the one? I don't know. Savior of the world, I know that, but yep. By Italian artist is the most expensive painting ever sold, 2017 through present. What is it? 74.1 million. Uh, pounds. There you go. Mm-hmm. The vase with the 15 sunflowers by Vincent Van Gogh was one of them. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, here it is. Oh, wow. No, it's actually significantly more. My mistake here. <laughs> wow. 450 million, a half a billion dollars for a painting. Oh, yeah. William de Kooning, Cezanne, uh, the card players. I don't know why. Uh, 250 plus million for that. Um, the, the buyers are now uh, state of cut cutter. Cutter has three of the uh, highest. Uh, Paul Gauguin, uh, Jackson Pollock, number seventeen A. There it is. There it is. Uh, David Geffen Foundation. Of Pollock. course. <laughs> the buyer. DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Private. Private. Let's see. Uh, Best Bovier brought uh, Gustav Klimt. That would be the first one. I'd buy anything Klimt. Art Deco. Um, sort of the. Uh, turn of the century stuff that was coming in the most beautiful art that that's out there in my opinion is the gustav klimt paintings uh period i'll, I'll have to i'll have to give up my uh gustav klimt uh las vegas gallery uh story for another day mark rothko an abstract painter number six violent green so rembrandt uh some of the more well traditionally known uh pop pablo picasso not even in the top 10 surprisingly so probably collectively uh probably single-handedly has probably sold more valuable art than uh, anybody the Rothschilds uh, got rid of the standard bearer and uh and they sold it to the Rijksmuseum well no money no money money laundering there right <laughs> uh and then uh probably the other uh significantly attractive uh, uh artist uh who I believe eventually uh killed himself Amadeo these these tortured souls of these artists I'd be tortured if uh, I was Amadeo Modigliani there's a movie about him I think it's with Andy Garcia that was that I've never watched. I think he plays Mondigliani, if I'm not mistaken. He was a Cuban uh, artist. Oh uh, no, Italian. I'm a Italian. Italian. Mondigliani. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. just know Andy uh, Garcia plays a lot of Cuban roles because he's Cuban. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, the Godfather's really about Cubans. <laughs> oh yeah, not a good casting decision. Not a good casting decision. There. Uh, 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 this one, uh, literally. The pictures are by um, uh, the nudes by Amadeo Nogigliani are absolutely out of this world. So got to check those uh, out uh, as well. So we'll just leave it at there. If you can look that up, Dowd, I think he, there is a movie about Mondigliani, and I, I need to watch that. I put that on there. Incidentally, did you know that uh, uh, Andy Garcia was joined as a conjoined twin? Did you know that? No. Yeah. Like he was like, I think not, si- not Siamese, but he was conjoined. Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. Look it up. Tell me if I'm wrong. 550, 50, 500. That's 550, 50, 500. I want to digress into uh, art. Uh, I think I want to pick it up with uh, more of the stuff. Uh, let me be first. Let me get to the uh, text messages. Uh, Stan checks in. So the state is paying $250,000 for each $50,000 or $60,000 movie job. Like the rail runner, four people in a car cost $30. But four people on the train cost $350. Okay, 
So some years ago, Stan must have been listener. I actually did the sort of, is it cheaper to take, would it be cheaper for the state of New Mexico to pay for you to take an Uber to Santa Fe or would it be cheaper for it to run its train? And we it's found out, question. Could, yeah. no, yeah. It, it, I actually did it one day, like yep. live yep. on air. So the, it's, it was cheaper for the state of New Mexico to pay for an Uber private uber drive uh, for you to go to uber at the rates yeah. that i was doing back then is that that yeah. right no eddie uh, you're, you you are in the same ballpark because i asked wendell cox who's there's about three or four credible transportation scholars in this country the rest of them are completely in the tank for the unions and the developers and the politicians but wendell cox out in california uh, i was going to interview him on the air in connecticut probably 10 or 12 years ago and i and they were lobbying for some sort of rail connection between springfield Massachusetts to take it down to uh, Metro North uh, in, in uh, along the coast in New Mexico, uh, in, in Connecticut, down at New Haven. And he ran the numbers for me. And he said that it would cost the taxpayers less to rent. I believe it was a high end sedan, uh, even like a Lexus or, or uh, you know, Infinity. Uh, if you lease those for each commuter the plan to be in terms of the traffic, the tickets bought on that rail line, the taxpayers would still come out ahead if they leased high-end sedans for each community commuter rather than build this rail line. I mean, it's all about votes and union jobs. It has nothing it to do with actual transportation. There it is. I mean, really the whole thing when that thing, when uh, Richardson uh, brought in the fail rail or the fail runner, or whatever you wanted to refer to it as, it truly is that. But again, this is where the news media gets bought in. There'll be a little report that'll be hard hitting by Larry Barker that yep. gets buried yep. and they'll and build it change. up. Yeah, and they'll bury it all, all week and then they'll run it on Thursday night, the second segment when like only three quarters the people who would be watching on a Monday or Tuesday uh, will be paying attention. Have you noticed the all big time? Yeah, yeah, consumption times for news. Media bias uh, exists in many forms, ladies and gentlemen. It, placement placement matters almost as much as content. Lay, layering. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get used to that layering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, let's see. And where is the analysis of the green project art? Has it reduced carbon? Has it reduced your car use? Is a hundred thousand dollars, or is a hundred million dollars, or is it just another? BNR job. Uh, Eddie, I had a dog when I lived in Mosquito Island that peed on an Andy Wyeth painting. I don't know who Andy Wyeth. Are we talking about uh, Andy Andrew Wyeth? Wyeth he, he, uh, traditional American landscapes. My mother is a big, big fan of Andrew Wyeth. Yes. Oh, okay. I think I don't know. I don't, I don't know the art game when it comes to that. I, uh, I thought it was Andy Warhol. Uh, by the way, a lot of kids I was listening this morning. One of the things you can listen for uh, in the morning is um, Gordon Deal. And uh, he was talking about how the, the youngsters are wearing all these rock and roll t-shirts. And guess what? They don't know anything about the rock and roll. They don't know the bands. They can't name one song. They can't like, it's just, they're, oh yeah, what is that? Oh, I don't know. It's just cool. It looks good. So they're all wearing, and I have all those shirts and had a huge collection. Of them. But, um, you know, the reason why I bring that up is like the most famous one is the Rolling Stone, the tongue, you know, and people don't know. And I was, I was hoping that there's so much we can attribute just to design and art and the people who make the world more beautiful. Let's not forget that, right? And they're the people like you. Yeah, even Andy Warhol, uh, as tortured he, as he was as an individual, has created some of the most uh, amazing uh, things that are pop cultural icons. Mm-hmm. You look at his Maryland stuff, his, his comics with the woman crying or the Rolling Stone tongue. Yeah, Andy Warhol, uh, uh, that was not... That was done by uh, directly by him, and so they become these the iconic pieces. I used to remember Keith Haring was really big uh, for a while, right? And then 
uh what's the what's the the guy that does all of those random anonymous uh stuff all over london and um banksy banksy yeah he's he he generates huge huge i, mean, I love all his stuff and what oh, he you does. do okay i don't know I much mean, about him <clears throat> yeah no it's just it's sort of this you know in studying art history it's something like this pop culture impact that is throwing you for a loop right and it's meant to convey a message a thing uh to you to get you to think differently which is what art is all about really it's really about uh, making a social commentary uh, with a visual impact i mean you can think of like picasso's guernica for something more you know explicit or sort of the random small touch that you would find in an art piece that would be in the painting it was like oh he's actually making fun of this it's a commentary or i don't know hieronymus bosch uh, you know garden of delights you know the whole thing that he did i mean look at these things and that's what it's meant to do so he's taken that and literally leveraged and used that uh, the unfortunate part about it is uh, or the ironic part about it is much of that is lost on the very people who consume it and own it and all the rest of that stuff right because they sort of like cloud it shroud it and turn it into a, a wine sipping extravaganza what is this about and they don't really get the message oftentimes from many of these artists that, who are coming out and i think you know uh, banksy's writing a lot of negative social commentary about the current state of affairs and in my opinion not a very uh, I think his audience that it's reaching isn't really getting the message, you know? <laughs> so um, there's a, a really good book about social commentary about this called all consuming images. And what's happened is um, one of the reasons why I like uh, meow wolf so much, you know how much I love it, right? Do, it, it's just, it's good. It's, 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 it's giving you a story. It's giving you the truth. Like the truth is there, but yet it's bearing it in all these messages that are made, made to jostle and jolt you and make you think a one 180 degree, right. To sort of hide the truth. And that's really what's sort of happening in society all the time, right. In politics and the news and wherever you get these images, things are not what they say that they are. And I think Dowd, you were um, recently, or I forget, I was reading something about it, but these very impactful, effective billboards are using exactly that sort of technique in art, which is to send out a major message that is not the message that you think would normally be there, right? Yep, to get yep. you to think about stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And remember, when you had an illiterate uh, class that lived in, I don't know, <laughs> 1300s, 1400s, and people were illiterate. They didn't have books. There wasn't print. They, you know, they didn't have the, the Gutenberg uh, printing press. They didn't have any of these things, right? The Gutenberg, they didn't have these things. So how did they get their message? How were they taught lessons? How did they know? What were they scared of? What were, what were they have faith in? All these kind of things. It was all because of the artists. They had to tell the stories uh, through those types of things. And we're at a point where I hate to say it, that we are functionally illiterate once again. And really, it's not just being drunk or high. It's the fact that people don't consume or that there's too much information to consume that you don't know how to discern what to consume. So you might as well be illiterate, right? Because you have mixed messages and then it becomes a question of who or what to believe and for what reason, right? Because everything's motivated by an agenda or driven by something or who's fueling it. So oftentimes when we're reading newspapers or oftentimes when we're reading uh, something from the news, we're like, well, who who's behind this and what angle are they coming out? Like you have to understand stories at that level in order to actually digest what is really being told to you or sold better, better, better thing is what's being sold to you. And I think that that's ultimately what's happening. I mean, oftentimes you're reading as much as the, the, the author. Oh yeah. It's his article, you know, the New Yorker. Oh, I mean, come on that th those pages come on. You want to feel like, Oh, I read the New Yorker. Do you know what it's about? You know, the social commentary and just how 
you know, much that's more about the unraveling about everything. You know, my, my favorite guy is Lewis Lapham. He no longer writes, uh, but Lapham's quarterly. And the great thing about that was it gave you, and you, you guys should look this up. Lewis Lapham, Lapham's quarterly, go get the books. Okay. And the excerpts that come out, he is such um, <clears throat> a classical thinker um, and just a really sharp wit uh, about things. And he has a sort of a keen eye for looking at, at things with a historical perspective that he takes little clips from, it doesn't matter if it's Aesop's fable or, you know, the Canterbury tells or something more modern, like Martin Amos dead babies or something. Right. And he'll put them all together underneath a theme. Right. So the theme will be one word like sport or war or whatever. And then it becomes this compendium over time, which is, I don't know, probably could, he, he has, he's even quoted the Bible in some of these things. And you get this full sort of spectrum of understanding of various people at different types, different times through history. And, you know, one of the things that I, one of the best things I ever did in my life is I took a, uh, <clears throat> a course, uh, basically the first ones that were thank, ever offered. It used to be called the, the learning library. It was like, like a books on tapes about 25 years ago. And you could order all the books. And one of the things that I got really, and you use this word, Weltschwang, uh, Weltschwang, uh, uh, which is worldview, because not a lot, of, a lot of people know much about that. And it's like, well, where did this all come from? So this guy, Oswald Spengler, wrote about what history is, you know, is history repeating itself? Is history a cycle? And there's another guy by the name of, I think, Toynbee also wrote this. And we did this, all, all these books that we read about different perspectives on history. And it was so incredible to me because you were starting to get this perspective that you knew would give you a different angle, but was only one piece of the whole truth. That no matter what you did, you didn't get the whole truth from any of these people who were sort of making a commentary on the vast encompassing subject of quote unquote history. So, um, you know, with all that being said, when you get an artist at a point in time where he's at, what he's doing, what he's saying, what he's conveying, you have to understand the author. You have to understand the artist. You have to understand, you know, whatever the writer, the, 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 the photograph, the photographer, you know, you have to understand where that person is coming from. And if you understand that person, you understand what he has conveyed through whatever medium he has done it from that prism. And then you really have perspective. And then you can speak about it to reference the things that were happening around that person at that time. And it might include food. It might include music. It might include some of the happenings that were happening during that time. And I oftentimes wonder, Dowd, as you and I do this show every day, you know, here in the Kiva, that what is our show when we look back on it 30 years and we just pull one from the files because we'll never listen to any of our shows. I never listen. Okay. Once this show is done, I just don't listen. I don't, I don't have a need for podcasting. Just Wait honest. a minute. The program director doesn't sit down with you for an air check, Eddie. I, I've, I've gone through those. Never. You have? <laughs> oh, a couple. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Here's what you're doing wrong. Here's what you're doing right. <laughs> There's a right and wrong uh, during the... Uh, <laughs> Stop talking so fast is what I would hear over and over. Oh, is that right? No, yeah. I, I, there's sometimes I do need to slow you down because the, the information is so juicy and it's the, the data is so rich and the subject is a little heavy. And so people don't process things quite as fast as we might 
you know, do like even that whole, you know, last five minutes of just me talking about oh, that. Sure. You know, well, the anyway, just before that, Lewis Lapham, I can't believe you brought this name up because it's, it's, this is just another example of sort of weird, I don't know, uh, Aragon Muska synchronicity synergy, uh, some kind of Jungian thing. Eddie, literally the best interview I have watched. Um, I don't know, probably eh, within the last month or so, was a 1990 interview Brian Lamb of C-SPAN gave with Lewis Lapham. He had just published a book, The Wish for Kings, in yeah, which he was go. basically ridiculing how corrupt Washington had become. And I'm reading from the transcript right now. Um, the federal government has grown and multiplied since the end of the Second World War uh, so that the expense of government, the number of functionaries, of people who serve government in its many facets, I think there's something like 100,000 lawyers and lobbyists who work on degrees of regulation. The staff of Congress has multiplied to 35,000. It's this sense of a, of a vast Versailles. Uh, uh, the hall of mirrors in which the various servants of government flatter one another or blame one another, strike poses, issue bills, make announcements, stage pageants of one kind or another. This was a 1993 interview on C-SPAN with Brian Lamb uh, and, and the author Lewis Lapham. Uh, it's just amazing, Eddie, that you would mention that name because honestly, it's the best interview I've, I've, I've listened to in the last month or so. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Eddie Aragon and D. Muska can work together <laughs> yeah well, there you go. and uh we hardly talk uh we should probably always uh mention that but um folks i think art is something you, you know let, let's just take let's go back to hunter biden for a second okay let's just look at hunter biden does hunter biden have anything honestly from an art artistic sense to contribute isn't it an insult to every liberal arts major who's i don't know she might be just a studio you know, artists, someone might just be wanting to become a courtroom artist, you know, somebody may, like, isn't it even an insult to them that that man could command, I don't know, five figures, six figures for a piece because of who he is or what his name is? And does it actually convey anything artistic other than possibly his misogyny, his mental illness, his drug addiction, uh, his, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, as the depth of depravity of, of him and his family. I mean, I rode the train at the Capitol with Satan, who was Joe Biden on that day when I worked for Jeff Bingaman as an intern at that summer. And I looked at that man. It's like, that man is real thin. You know what he reminds me of every single time I think back to that memory of being in, and I don't know what to do. It was like, we were the only ones. There's no, uh, this was way back in 95, and there's no uh, Blackberries. We're not focusing on anything like that. He was on one end, I was on the other. And I'm like, I'm just a lowly whatever. <laughs> I'm just an intern right there. And when I think about what I thought of, and he was well-known. That was mid-90s. He was well-known. Joe Biden was an entity. I'm like, oh my. Foreign policy and the Judiciary Committee. That, those were the two areas he carved out, Eddie. Those are, those are the top areas for senators. The top two. Legal, the courts, and foreign policy. What, what's the name of that character in uh, The Gangs of New York, which is one of the best uh, Daniel Day-Lewis uh, characters of all time, where he's the big guy in the top hat, yes. right? And the, 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 Black, Black Bill, Black Bob? I don't remember what it was, but that's what he reminded me of. I literally saw that when I saw Joe Biden. And I was on his side at that time, I guess you could say, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. The Democrat side, uh, but uh, anyway. 550, 5500. What I do want to say is that that as a shell to hold uh, or um, protect assets or whatever, he should just write up a, a bunch of things and pay off, uh, you know, his his 
his girlfriend, whatever she was for however long. I mean, if she was on his payroll and he couldn't even answer her text because she knew that she was knocked up and was going to keep it. I mean, that should tell you. And this is a man in his, isn't Hunter in his fifties? Like, like that is sick. A 52, 53, 54 year old man. He's 52. Yeah, that's insane. You knock up a woman, you're the son of the president, son of the vice president, son of a uh, 40 year sitting senator at that time. And, and you can't even be responsible. Like, how can the government ask you to be responsible for anything at this point? If the son of the president can't even be responsible for his bastardized, and he bastardized that child. And he's attempting to re-victimize. And that's what that is. That's the, the, what the woman is going through. Imagine this. It's a mother, single mother. She's been embarrassed. This is not what she imagined her life to be. This all could have been hush-hush. They could have put it to the side. He could have took care of it. And they could have maybe got together, started a relationship, or just say, you know what? We're not good together. Whatever. But when this goes back out in the public and this gets reprinted out, this is going to re-victimize both the mother and the child for generations. How can you say that they care? Like, how does the woman vote? How does Michelle Lujan Grisham stand next to Joe Biden at the White House? And I've seen this picture next to Joe Biden hugging this young girl. You've seen the picture, Dowd. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, Michelle uh, is with uh, her best friend, Armstrong, I believe, right? Isn't she, like, didn't she take her up there with her? Oh, right, Deborah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Deb, Debbie, Deb. How, how, how does that, if you, if, if you know that your boss or your leader or your, your head of your party or head of the country, or whatever you, you want to attribute to him, Michelle, and knowing the, that his son has handled his business that way, what does that say about you? Does, doesn't your character start coming into question at some point? You know what these Democrats are very, very good at? They're very good at getting out ahead of the story, connecting to people in the newsroom, curtailing the conversation so that it goes in their way and controlling all the variables. You know who else does something like that? Satan. Yeah, that's right. There's a great book. There's a great movie about it. It's very witchy, right? Right. Like this whole thing where, you know, that this person has made a decision, but you know that all the variables outside of that decision uh, already are all controlled anyway. But you have the information that they're going to pull the trigger. And yet you've already, oh, we know what they were going to do. We had them all along. Like the mafia does this right in the black hand. Right. Like it's all this, this type of it. Satan does this. Um, the, there's a movie about this very type of mechanism that exists in families and in institutions, uh, in the government and everything. You know what it's called? It's called hereditary. And the guy who wrote it used to write for the Daily Alibi right here. He was a, a film and media critic. He's an amazing, amazing filmmaker. I, I got to tell you, it's one of the three best movies, four best movies I've ever seen. You've mentioned it before. Watch that movie. It is evil personified. And it has uh, that uh, beautiful uh, Aussie actress. I can't, that Tori, Tori, I can't think of her last uh, name. Tony Collette. Tony Collette, oh my God, she is. I mean, it's it that the movie is just it will shake you to your very core. Ari Oster graduated Ari from, Oster. The from the College of Santa Fe. That is him. That's the man. His dad lives here, I believe. Um, and I have not seen since The Shining the ability to control 
the movie watchers mood quite the way he controls you. Every person that I know that has ever watched that movie walks away from that movie with a religious experience. That's how impactful and not, not saying it's good either. I'm not saying it's good. Doubt you won't sleep after you watch the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Uh, he's also uh, more, th this was his initial film uh, because I, I don't know, a couple months ago, I finally broke down and rented Midsummer. That was the one that oh. sort of got him even more, more fame, but this was his, you know, his initial uh, directorial debut. Ari Aster grew up most of his time in New Mexico and graduated from the college of Santa Fe. I think he's by, by far, not even close the best uh, filmmaker out there. Uh, Psychological I horror film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, members of a family are haunted by a mysterious presence after the death of their secretive grandmother. Oh man, the setup, the music, like everything. He just like you know the guy has just been a cinephile his entire life. He's watched this, consumed this, and then redigested something that is entirely his own thing. I mean, he has taken some. You could tell he's watched you know a lot of uh, surreal movies as well, and he's sort of you know canned that in a way that is unexpected and jarring, and you're like. Oh. <laughs> no. Eddie, the first paragraph of the description, you've already got me hooked. Uh, miniature artist Annie Graham lives with her psychiatrist husband, Steve, their 16-year-old son, Peter, and their 13-year-old daughter, Charlie. The family attends the funeral of Annie's secretive mother, Ellen, and Annie is surprised at the number of people in attendance. Annie attends a bereavement support group, revealing she and her mother had a fraught relationship until Charlie was born, when Ellen became a significant figure in raising her. Meanwhile, Steve gets a phone call during a conversation with Annie, telling him that Ellen's grave was desecrated, but he doesn't tell her. You, get, you got the hook in me. You got the hook in me. <laughs> so I will tell you that the movie uh, is very, in, you know, sort of, you know, very, very real. But um, it's also very relatable. I think the curse for this town and... You know, the curse for New Mexico has a lot to do with, I think, the uh, witchiness of the state. You know, the curses that have been passed down, that have been regenerated and never sort of put away. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier uh, today and, um, you know, he made a comment and, it, you know, it makes, it makes, you know, absolute sense, even though it's sort of nonsensical in a way from the people who do it and the people who have like tattoos, you know, the Virgin Mary on their back and, you know, because they don't want to get raped in prison or they think that no matter what they do, they're doing it, you know, for vida, for God or, you know, whatever, you know, this type of type of thing that, 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 that that's like that. And I think we don't know what it is that's holding us back because we have chosen to enable and like we almost worshipped like it's like the, the, the narcotraficantes in, in Mexico. Like sometimes like I was driving through El Paso and I was telling my kids and they wanted to know why that, that giant Hummer with the big rims was playing the music so loud. And I said, I, I said, uh, you know, that's something called a narcotraficante. And, uh, you know, that's a, they're, they're saying these homages, these corridos stories to, um, their heroes. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I couldn't explain to like, this, this is kind of like regurgitating the natural born killers conversation from yesterday, Doubt which is the worship of the serial killer, the worship of the drug trafficker, the worship of, and they're talking about in the song, as you listen on how 
the drug dealer got away from the the federales or the you know judicial. He, he's gotten away from them and he was able to escape and he's a victor and they sing this at their concerts together you know and it's just like we have figured out a way to worship the very things that are sort of you know holding us back because we don't understand maybe what their meanings are we feel like they give us power but they 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 don't right in fact they weaken us they create a dependency um and we don't know how to escape from that dependency because we've learned how to worship that depend that 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 dependency and of course you know exactly where this goes to it goes right to the democrat party it's like well we worship at the altar of the democrats because they have treated us in such a way that they know the timing when to give us our food what to take away what to give us what policies uh, they tell us the stories up here we know that the guys are really bad but we don't really care because they give us what we need they give us our pot they give us our drugs they give us our free meals they give us our free education they give us all these things and and sort of you're sort of indentured to them and you're celebrating them because and it's the absurdity of it and you're laughing that's why you have this really dark sense of humor right you have this whole crazy dark sense of humor about it because we laugh at it because it's absurd but that's who we are we're new mexico that's what that's all. and like you can't be proud of that because there are lots of people that you know that sort of take pride in doing bad things and that is part of the culture that happens when kids don't grow up without dads they don't know who their dad is they join a, a gang that turns into their familia uh, they will live and die for them familia. They'll have sex with multiple people, not knowing who the dad is. And the, the child is the child of the gang. They never grow up with anything and they're bred into that whole thing. And these people have a really sick, twisted sense of humor about that in a way that sort of rationalizes, you know, um, the depravity of their existence, right? They, they, what they need to do to go along, to get along within that community. And that absurdity is really what has cursed New Mexico. That, 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 and, and all of those variables, getting back to the mechanism of how evil works, is all of the things on the periphery that are controlling it. It's, it's witchcraft. It's, it's, it's black magic. It's, hey, I know how this game's going to end up, so I'm going to toss everything else out there. I'll make you think that you have a choice in it, but you never did. We know where you're going to end up. We know who your family is. We know where your people are. We know where you go to school and we know what to take away from you. We know what to give you. Like, and this is what, this is, this is what they have over people, right? This is what even the, the politicians, like they knew William Stapleton the whole entire time was corrupt. They know all of the, you know, there's a reason why Hector Balderas didn't run for governor. <laughs> he would have clearly been a much better governor, in my opinion, than Michelle Lujan Grisham. When Michelle Lujan Grisham sat down with him. He said, this is what will come out if you decide to run against me during this time. So he has to sit on the sidelines. And I'm going to come back from Washington. I'm going to be governor of the state of New Mexico. And this is the way it's going to work because your daddy, Bill, Dick Ritchie, <laughs> I like to say, I just like to say that, said that this is the next person who's going to be next in line to be governor. And that's going to be me. I've, I've got stories. I've got everything. Do I care about retelling those stories? Not really. The fact is I know about them. The fact is they know that I know about these kind of stories. And outing anybody on these stories, what ultimately does it do but other than just bring more negative energy towards me and more, hey, these we're going to come and get you, Eddie. We know what you're going to do. And as soon as I pop out, what's the first thing that happens? The first thing that happens. So, you know, I think that curse, Dowd, 
I think that mechanism, the way that it works, if you want to apply that to anything, it's just like, yes, there's these people who have these spells and these curses and all these things over other people. And these other people are walking around worshiping it, not knowing that it's controlling them the entire time. And that's the sickness of the society. That's the sickness of the state. And this is why you can't figure out why people aren't rational actors here. We have irrational actors. That's why there's such an incredible, huge disconnect, right? Between what has happened to us for the last two and a half years. And then you've got polling that shows Michelle Lujan Grisham ahead 47.39 on the taking the three poll average, 47 point whatever to 39 point whatever. And you're like, how does that happen? Given what has happened to you know, just how our society has been destined. Look around, look around. Yeah. How could it happen? <laughs> but, but, but there are people who can't look around because, again, they know the hand that feeds them and they know the dependency that exists and they know what they are now creatures of their addiction. And that addiction is once they got you, they got you. It's, a, it's, it, it's impossible to get rid of. That's why I was able to get rid of it, uh, fortunately, at an early enough age, right? But it's there for everybody. It's there for the table. Yeah, you you could have been you you could have been one of those victims, Eddie. I mean, you I could have just joined just slid, in. I, slid I right in. I could have sold my soul and you know become governor of the state of New Mexico and you know run everything and and used all of my talents, uh, if you will, for that. But what good would that have done me? You know. And boy, must have they been looking at Eddie Aragon, high IQ, great voice. Good multitasker, sharp guy, uh, connects with people. Obviously, just look at the audience, the connection he makes with an audience. That's akin to making a connection with voters. Oh, Eddie, they must have been licking their chops at a, at a young Eddie Aragon. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were writing. They, they wrote, uh, Jeff Bingerman said, I'm so tired of hearing Eddie's name. Oh, he heard wow. my name so much from the League of Women Voters and from all the Democrats. And I was running around with uh, Tom Udall's daughter, Amanda Cooper, and all that. They just literally got tired of it. I'm like, you know, um, you know, Raymond Sanchez, all those people. I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with any of these guys. Like the problem with democratic politics was the Democrats themselves. And, and the biggest part was when I got involved in that whole thing between, I think it was Art Trujillo and Kate Stetson. And when they had that thing and they're literally manufacturing votes from, from uh, what's the name of the county? And Rio Riva County. The, suddenly we found three votes. Hey, they're over there under the rock. Go get them. Bring them back out. You know, <laughs> And Art Trujillo beat him by like one vote. I'm like, whoa, this is this is my introduction to politics. And I ran into Bill Richardson. First time I ran into him, I met him. And he's sitting there smoking a cigar we're over at the, I think at that time it was the classic hotel. And he's down, you know, uptown over there. And he's sitting there. I'm like, I thought he was a short fat guy, you know? Because I'd seen him on there. I was like, oh, that's, I'm going to introduce you to Bill Richardson. So Amanda walks me over. She eventually directed his pack and all that kind of stuff. And that was the first time I met him. And the second time I met him, I met him at the basement of a parking garage that I'm about to walk in. I was doing advance for General Wesley Clark and him and his two police state officers. And lo and behold, go back and look when Wesley Clark came in in the week and all that stuff with Randy, <laughs> Randy, Andy. Yeah, it was during that time I had to go back and look at that. I still can't believe it. And I've, I've never felt lower. Uh, his guy, Billy Sparks, made me feel like the lowest piece of crap in the world because uh, Wesley was a little bit sick and he took too long in the bathroom and Bill was on a tight time schedule. And you know, as well as I do, Bill was probably on a tight time schedule, not for anything that was quote unquote <coughs> official business. So, yeah. Business. 550, 5500, let me read your text. We'll uh, give you your uh, top five. 
Uh, there it is. I was just literally thinking of this quote. I was about to say it and it didn't come in. And it's, it's funny, like my audience can just like finish my sentences now. Uh, what profit, what profiteth the man if he gains the world, but loses his soul? Exactly. That's, that's everything. And being believed in Mexico is cursed. Dinah said this. Yes, we know. Um, they're running short so far. If you have a partner. Okay. But golf, go to go play golf. Do I like Jordan Peterson? I haven't really listened to much of Jordan Peterson. I'm reading his book uh, right now. Oh, um let's see oh yeah william paul otherwise known as bill the butcher Bill the butcher. real native is someone who is willing to die fighting for his country there's nothing more to it bill pool oh my my sister see uh i heard on kunm report inner cities of new mexico and functional literacy at 58 percent they were discussing the educational moonshot and the court order <laughs> the moonshot <laughs> Uh, yeah, another, drag, another billion dollars that'll turn things around drag bingo dowd ad at unm sub drag bingo there it is uh, nice. yeah there it is the uh oh. so there you go uh dowd um all right lay it on us your top five from the daily block yeah folks these are uh, our subscribers picks for what they were most interested in in the daily email and you can get the daily email at rockoftalk.chat but it's 19.6 cents a day i think you know, even in tough times, it's not asking too much. Uh, number one, Rand Paul faces down Fauci again. Folks, you got to see the video of this. Uh, Glenn Beck's TheBlaze.com uh, covered that. Uh, number two, uh, an essay for, out of Europe. Uh, Europe's falling apart, and maybe we're next. That's an <laughs> encouraging thought, isn't uh, it? Europe's falling apart, and we are next. Yeah. Uh, um, number three, uh, the Bernalillo County Commission approves a sobering center a day after they approved a fentanyl, anti-fentanyl campaign. Seems like the more we fight these social pathologies, the more the social pathologies proliferate. I, I don't know. It seems to be inverse of what's actually uh, what we want. Uh, number four, the Emerson poll showing uh, the incumbent with a slight lead in the gubernatorial mm -hmm. race. We, we covered that. And then uh, finally, number five, people who were interested up in Rio Rancho, the 528 construction it's almost over. I know we've got a lot of people up in Rio Rancho. I just that? a little little longer to wait, I guess. Huh. There it is. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow. Doubt only for two hours for a Friday. And we will have the Espa Blotter, yes. ladies and gentlemen. So that's I'm preparing it tonight. Huge yeah, Espa Blotter. Yeah, preparing that. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs>